93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And I got a call from Casey. I'd actually gone through the McDonald's drive. I had bought a couple breakfast burritos. I was ready to, you know, hit the road and head back home. And uh, but Casey's like, oh, me and Chuck are having breakfast over at this diner. And we knew you were taking off. You want to come by? And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I haven't had good diner food in a while. So I said, screw it. And I... You know, it's just threw the 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 burritos in the in the passenger seat, and I went in just and threw them out the window. And we uh, <laughs> and we, and we ate uh, at this uh, the little Star diner. diner, the Star oh, Diner. Yeah, that was good. Food, it was. Food was really good. Uh, and you had did you order a tuna melt? I did not. I had to resist. <laughs> Casey, in fact, when he's on the phone, he's like, "Dude, they got a tuna melt here." Uh, I was like, "No, I'm in breakfast mode." Yeah. So yeah. so we had breakfast, but. Um, uh, and Casey, you contend that breakfast is your favorite meal to eat out? Yeah, yeah. I finally came to that conclusion because the breakfast was really good. But oh, my God. <laughs> breakfast is my favorite meal to eat out. I'm very rarely disappointed with um, breakfast when I go out to, to, to eat. You know? So, yeah. You know, you, you could be disappointed. Breakfast or brunch? With a sandwich at lunch. Yeah. You could be, you know, disappointed with a steak at dinner. But, you know, breakfast is always solid. I got the, the waffle was fantastic. The scrapple was perfect. Um, but uh, yeah, so so rub it on your face. I, 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 I really did. Actually, you know, I had to share my scrapple. <laughs> uh, yeah, we all we all ate a little bit of his scrapple, by the way. But uh, Chuck brought up something that I thought was kind of interesting, right? And that uh, he has a real issue with, and it is the term hash browns or home fries. Okay. Now I've always contended that hash browns or home fries are pretty much saying the same thing. You know what you're going to get? You're going to get potatoes, right? Yeah. Oh, Chuck doesn't believe in that at all. I, I think I have to side with Chuck on so, this. Me too. Really? They're two different things. Hash browns See? are are like uh, very desiccated, shredded. Um, shredded. Home fries and are crispy. little chunks of potato Yeah. Uh, with onions and peppers. Yeah, because hash browns are a little more crunchy. You, uh-huh. They should be if they're they cooked sh- properly. If, if they're cooked the way I like them. But home fries are more like real, you know, just somebody took a potato and cut it up and then, right. and then fried it up. And Chuck gets angry when he will order hash browns and, they and he'll get a plate of home fries. In his words, not the same effing thing is yeah. what he was saying. Not the same effing thing. So um, it, it will it will piss me off because I do like, um, though I what I don't like about hash browns is when they just grill the top of it. Yes, and you just and the get inside soft. Right, it's soft and mushy. It's mush. I mean, forget it. Yeah. I storm out. I burn the place down. Right, uh, but he he. Uh, I don't. I didn't ask if he will send them back or not. If he orders hash browns well, and he ends up getting home fries, is, I, don't, I don't know is, what he is. He's so passionate about it that because they are distinctly different things. Yeah. I think hash. I I'm fine with home fries. In both cases, they have to be cooked well. I think I, he. I, I think he orders it um, with Hoping. the knowledge with the knowledge that he's going to be disappointed or upset about it, but he's not going to send it back because I know the man likes his potatoes. Well, um, well, yeah. what's what's the deal? When you send it back, you know the cook is going to rub his ass all over it. Well, that's if you ask for it back, <laughs> right? But Chuck did do something as uh, he ordered he ordered hash browns. He ended up getting tater tots. <laughs> Now, tater tots are a whole different thing. Well, That's no, completely different. He got my tater tots. It was just right. a little bit of a screw up. But Chuck decided to go ahead and yeah. he's like, ah, don't worry about it. It's I'm the like, same I, way. I do the same thing. I'm like, if, I, if they bring back, if they bring the wrong thing nine times out of ten, I'll go, uh, okay, fine, I'll, I'll eat it. Don't nah, worry about but it. People yeah. try to pull fast ones. For all my life, my, my dad tried to convince me that Sloppy Joe's were hamburgers with the ketchup already in it. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. No. Why do they call them Sloppy Joes? Why, Dad? Because it's not just ketchup. It's seasoning. It's all this other crap. Oh, yeah. 
Sometimes don't it, lie to me. Sometimes I put vegetable soup in sloppy joes. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I don't like. I, I wish joes. I'd had that firepower to throw at my dad. <laughs> this is vegetable soup, old man. Look at this. <laughs> Shove his face. Look at in this. It. You get down yeah. in there, you son of a bitch. You don't like sloppy joes? No, don't I really do. care for sloppy joes. The only sloppy joe I you ever like a hamburger, right? I like a hamburger, but the, um, and you like a hamburger with ketchup periodically, right? Oh yeah. Well, when I eat my hamburgers, I always have. Would to you have call that a sloppy joe? Never. Would you call that a sloppy joe? You're out of You order. can't handle the truth. <laughs> Wait a minute. So your dad would contend that... Are we clear? Yeah. <laughs> you're able to eat Sloppy Joes because men like me make sure you're allowed to eat Sloppy Joes. So, wait a minute. Your dad would contend that a Sloppy Joe... Was, was a hamburger with the ketchup already on it. No. I'm like, you old fool. No, there's onions, there's peppers, there's Why all kinds of stuff Why did mom even there. get with you? I don't know. See? <laughs> Meatloaf. They also tried to pull that one. What? Meatloaf meat is just a big hamburger. No, it's no, not. It's really? Not. No. <laughs> meatloaf is made from three different kinds of meat. And it's baked. You, know you know, hamburgers aren't baked. You know right. It infuriated me. I just, uh, fries are up. <laughs> <laughs> meatloaf is uh, Thank you. Beef, <laughs> beef, pork, and veal, I think, right? Yes. Those are three things. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Meatloaf yeah. mix. It's I don't a special think that's mix. how my mom made it. Yeah, if you ever go to the store and you get a meatloaf yeah. mix... You know, I used to think, well, it's just ground beef. Why the hell are they call it a meatloaf mix? No, it's got three different things. I, I love... that's why I always hated my mom's meatloaf. Really? She's 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 a, the devil. I'm almost positive she did not put those three meats in it. See, did she just put probably just I don't know. ground beef? Uh, yeah, see, I love I love mushy. I love meatloaf. Me I love well prepared meatloaf. I love meatloaf. That's but I I don't lie to me. Don't tell me it's a big hamburger. You put or I'll bacon. Kill you. Put uh, bacon on top of your meatloaf. Yes, that's I, pretty I, good. I, I, do, I do not because I'm a. I, I, I practice uh, Jewish tradition. Yeah, there you go. It says ground beef, pork, and veal. That looks disgusting. I eat kosher. Do you not like meatloaf, Kev? Well, no, because I always hated my mom's. Oh. <laughs> you have been missing out. The great thing to do is, now, on that case, a lot of times, Preston, don't you bake? Won't you bake tomato uh, paste or something on sure. top of it? Yep, absolutely. Right. Ma, and- the meatloaf! <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, our next guest is on the line. He's ready to go, and he's going to be at the uh, Resorts Casino Hotel in Atlantic City on Saturday. Uh, it is the All-Star Boxing Tributes Gala Tribute Dinner, which is taking place. Sounds pretty wild. We've had him on before, and uh, we like talking to him. Please welcome Mr. Iron, Mike Tyson. Yeah! Yeah! Hey, what's up, guys? Yo, what's up, Mike? <laughs> How, you, How doing? you doing, man? Good, you know, it's really early over here. Uh, yeah. what, what, where are you now? Where are you calling from, I'm Mike? in Nevada. Okay. Ah. You spent a lot of time out that way, haven't you? Oh yes, yes I did, yes I did. Since I was a little guy. Listen, we we have to we have to ask. We had, we had seen the story about uh, Justin Bieber getting into an altercation with the photographer, and he had been uh, he had been training with you. You are you teaching Justin Bieber how to box? No, no, no. He knew how to do that stuff. I don't know. See, I, that's really tricky. This guy knew how to fight and box before. I I was just joking one day when they was about to see what you got. And he attacked the bag. He knew what he was doing. Really? So I had no idea. Yeah. I, I, he couldn't wait to show me he knew what he was doing, I guess. Oh. Well, there, well, there you go. I guess if you want to show uh, someone that you can box, you show Mike Tyson you can box. Well, he, he knew how to punch and stuff. He knew how to put it together. Yeah, I, I thought it was weird to see him. He was in Floyd Mayweather's corner um, in, in his last fight against... Was he? Yeah, man. That's, that's bizarre. <laughs> it was him and no, I, I believe his father fought. So I believe that um, he's just fighting in his um, familyhood. You know, he knows about this stuff. He's experienced about that. I can tell when he hit the bag, he he's been in the ring before. He had gloves on before. Didn't wow. didn't even know that. So this 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 thing this this tribute dinner has, brings together some boxing greats. 
Um, and and uh, I, I the question is, I was looking through the names of some of the people that are going to be there. Uh, you know, obviously, many will refer to you when they talk about the, the, the you know, one of the greatest boxers of all time. Who do you think, Mike, who, who do you think pound for pound was the greatest boxer ever to enter the ring? Hey, listen, um, you know, only thing we could talk about the fighters that we saw, you know. Right. Okay. They've been a great, you know, you put Ali up there. And when you put Ali up there, you put him up there, you say with the heavyweights, you know, the greatest fighter of all time. And that's great. We could put that too. But when you look at it in all reality, there's been a lot. And there's nobody that's made more excitement to this day like Muhammad Ali. Right. But there's been great fighters. You know, skill for skill, guts for guts, you don't know. But the one that's... um. The one that's been radiant in our hearts and been seen more than anybody in the world is Muhammad Ali. So that's why we all, our main objective is that he's the greatest of all time. And plus, he kept saying it, so he made us believe it. <laughs> he reinforced so, the point. Yeah, yeah exactly. So the, you know, there's so many fighters that are so great. Alexis Arguello, Sugar Ray, Man, can I tell you something, man, Roberto Durant. Man, the, the bar doesn't get any higher, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't get it doesn't get any higher as far as forget great fights. I'm talking about guys that make you cry, that control your emotions. These guys that can control your emotions and stuff. Man, you just don't know. Oh God, guys make you cry. Guys make you smile. You know, guys that just have you wrapped up in their hand when they're doing their thing. So it, it's because it's it, the the sport itself is more than just the physical and the strength which you had. That you're saying that the, the people who could tie you up in knots mentally and get inside of you were the real real adversaries. Oh, man, you never knew people like that existed. Really? You just don't know people like that existed. People that you could beat to death in the ring, and you they take it off, you, and they won't dare raise their hand in a street fight or something. You know, just right. you make you respect them, make you respect the intuitive, ugh, internal fortitude. These guys are just men beyond men emotionally. Wow, wow. Uh, Mike, do you still uh, do you still hit the bag every now and then? You still train a little bit? Not that, not in that perspective. I do a lot of cardio. I run and hit some light weights and stuff, but I'm no more hitting the bag and stuff. Yeah. Hey, do you, do you have any remaining? Do you have any? You never had any really profound injury in from the sport, right? You, no, no, no. Yeah. I was very lucky. I was damaged before I even entered boxing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah, but uh, no, no I've, I've been very fortunate, you know. I've been very fortunate. I might have gotten a little brighter from the blows I received, but other than that, I, I feel pretty great. I saw your special a couple of years ago on Oprah. But what's your relationship with Holyfield now? Holyfield's a good man. Um, he came to my show the other night when I had my show, probably one of my last shows. He came. I had to stand up in the crowd, and um, I just had so much respect and admiration for him. Let, let me ask you about the the, the show because I, I we've been hearing about it. You were doing sort of like a um, what, was it a stand up? Was it an evening? I know, with it's Mike? not like a stand. It's like an evening with Mike. I'm upstairs. I'm talking about my my whole um, journey through this planet so far. Was is it like like the, the famous uh, Jake Lamada thing that he used to do, where um, he would an, an evening with with Jake Lamada? Listen, um, have you ever saw Chad Palminteri? Yeah, show, uh, you saw the show. On stage, yeah, a, a I Bronx saw Tale, it. I saw yeah. It, yeah. It's pretty um, similar to that, but instead of saying telling his story, I'm telling my story. Okay. And uh, and how how has it been received? Is I mean, are are people you know digging it? If um 
if you could allow me to um, say this without being egotistical, it's been sold out every night. And, Excellent. Um, it's only been for a week, but I've been very, um, I have so much gratitude, and that's what really I'm trying to convey is gratitude. Is, I'm very grateful. Is it why, I mean, do, do you, uh, from what I hear, like warts and all, you, you let everything hang out and, and, uh, and, and, and expose it all on stage as far as your, you know, your, your past and, and. I'm pretty naked up there. Yeah. No, I'm pretty yeah. Naked. Is that, is that, was that hard to get to that point, or did you, did you just say if I'm going to go out and do this, I have to I have to be honest and and hit everything? Um, you know what? That's pretty interesting that you say that, right? That I live. Um, listen. Um, I'm a former. Um, I'm a recovering addict. You yeah. know. But listen, I have a lot of shame. I'm. I'm still. I'm very shameful, but I have no shame. Yeah. It's, it's weird to say that. I don't know if that even coexists with one another. You in, know? in other words, you're you're you you don't have trouble addressing. I mean, you know, you have this, but you're able to address it and and address oh, it. To, yeah. Because it's, it's really who I am. You okay. Know? It's really who I am. Or if who you, you were. If you don't know certain things about me, you never get me. That's why some people to this day say, "Well, Mike has come a long way. He's doing good things, but I, he just doesn't rub me right because you just don't know me." Sure. You know, if you don't know me, yes. You're not going to get me, and it's going to be. I'm going to be dark figure to you. <laughs> That's just the way it is. Hey, were you ever, ever, ever able to beat yourself in Mike Tyson's punch out? No, I couldn't even get past the class joke. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Wow. I got this, I got, they had this Arab guy doing these spins and stuff and turning into a tornado. <laughs> yeah, the great tiger. Watch him with somebody else who's fighting the game. That's just not fair. Nice. It's just not fair. <laughs> uh, so listen, uh, tonight at the event, it's a, uh, it's the all-star boxing tribute. Uh, and our, is everybody going to get up and, and say a few words? You know how it's going to work tonight at all, or um, Mike? I don't know. I don't know who's going to be there. I'm just very excited. Um, I'm a big fan of fighters, especially the fighters that are going to be the older fighters, the guys that I watched when I was a kid. You know. Yeah. And um, I just um, wow. And once you watch those guys like Matthew Saw Muhammad and all these guys, Braxton, when you watch these guys, trust me. You never forget them, and you can't wait to see them again. Well, it's described here as the Gallows celebrate Atlantic City's rich boxing history, bringing together boxing legends from all over the years. Uh, Riddick Bowles, Bo is going to be there, and uh, an- another. You know, I went brother. to school with Riddick Bo. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. What school was that? I don't know. It was a crazy school, you know. Crazy. <laughs> the crazy school. Wait, okay. You were enrolled in classes with Riddick Bo? Huh? You were enrolled in classes with Riddick Bo? Yeah, we were young kids, you know, living. School. Went to crazy school. <laughs> you're making this up. Oh man. Well, I gotta say, Mike, you're you're Listen, the. Um... But no, what guys? It never been in the history of the world two heavyweight champions undisputed went to the same school together. Huh. Never in the history. Of... Okay. It's, it's possible. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. Mike, I might grow up in uh, England. <laughs> no. No way, Jose. <laughs> I do have to say, I'm a fan of boxing, and you're the first boxer that that I remember like really, really getting into. And and I remember marvelous Marvin Hagler. I was afraid of him. Oh. And, um, he was a serious guy. Like you know, a guy like him. When I first started boxing, I took up his seriousness because he was real serious. He didn't smile and shake people's hands. Right. He was just really, oh man, hardcore guy. You know, well, I, yeah, I was, I was, I, I shared this on the show years ago. But I used to be afraid of Marvelous Marvin. I used to think he could beat up the world. If you you should have been afraid of him. Yeah, <laughs> he could beat up the world. He could beat up the world. So you had every reason to be afraid. Case, uh-huh. I have to ask you, Mike. How's everything going? Are you still working with the pigeons? Yeah, yeah, I'm flying the birds right now as you speak. You got my wife called me and talked to you guys. Really? That's what I do first thing in the morning. I let the birds out, and let them spin. How many? How many do you have? I have at least a hundred here, but I only let around ten at a time fly. Okay. Hey, now, do you, Mike? Can you do? Are they carrier pigeons? 
Well, you can get them to carry things for you. And and I've always been fascinated. How the hell do you train a bird right. to fly long distances to another location and then come back? Well, um, you, as everything, you do it in training. It's like with your job. You do you watch people do it first, and you start doing it. The small small portions. You may carry the the paper. You may take the paper. The guy that's going to explain something what you're reading right now. You may be able to pass it to the guy. Then you move up to higher levels and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so it's all, all done incrementally. But I agree, Preston. How do you get something to fly a thousand miles and hope that it ends up in the right spot? Yeah. Um, is, make, is sure it, ma- make sure he's madly in love with somebody and have them on the other end. <laughs> or, or have Mike Tyson as the owner and know that if he doesn't come back, you're going to come looking for him. No, he's not worried about that. He's worried about some eggs, and he's worried about his female friend and stuff. He ain't worried about me breaking his neck. And <laughs> okay. <laughs> Could you get one of, the, one of your pigeons to actually follow you somewhere? Hey, listen, um, you can get a bird. I can get a pigeon to turn the light off. Really? Yeah. I, mean, I, used to watch, I used to watch um, stories of all these scientists, how they train pigeons. And Darwin, Darwin's um, evolution came from pigeons. You know what I mean? That's when, when he went to Galapagos Islands and stuff. And yeah, all stuff. the Galapagos, and, yeah. Yeah, and he did so much for pigeons. It was just amazing. He's the one that first started changing their color, did the interbreeding. He see all birds are gray. He see one with a white with white on. Then he breed them. Then he takes all the birds with the white on and breed them together to see what they look like. Hey, did you get into the pigeon stuff? Um, you ever the movie on the waterfront, Brando? No, I know that. No, listen. Um, yeah, I um, I love that movie with Marlon Brando. But that's not everybody always say that. I could have been a contender now <laughs> <laughs> because he raised pigeons in the movie. Yeah, but in New York City, that's what it is. It's a culture. It's an yeah. underground culture where everybody flies pigeons. Some people do it illegally for money. Some people do it legally. But um, yeah, it's a big stink about it too. You know, pretty- a, a bird legally by law is only able to fly six hundred miles a day. So before they had these laws and registration, these guys were flying probably two thousand miles a day, flying twenty four hours a day. That, I've that never even heard wild. of that. I know, and it, it's it, what, what's wild as well is you personally, and I know you've been into pigeons for a long time, but your dedication to this, this is this is something you truly love. No, this, um, yeah, I love it, but I don't know if it's love, but know what it is. It's something, it's like being a slave, and this is all you know how to do. This is just your culture. This huh. is what you do. You fly birds. You fly birds. You're a bird fly. You fly birds. Wow. You could be a gangster. You could be a, a CEO executive, but you fly birds. That's just, it goes that far. It goes from, it goes from the, the, the smallest, the smallest, um, insignificant person on the planet to the most, um, flamboyant, like the Queen of England. So, and she flies birds too. Oh, she has she has the greatest birds that God has ever bred. <laughs> really? Of course, yeah. she's the queen. She's not going to get some crappy birds. True. You know. All right. Well, I my my mind is blown by Mike I know, Tyson. I know he's he's pretty he's pretty wild. Well, Mike, uh, we're going to send people out, and it's going to be on the second. By the way, I was saying it was tonight, but it's on the second in Atlantic City. It'll be at uh, Resorts Casino, and a lot of great boxing legends, and uh, Mike Tyson, and me, and you. Uh, uh, oh, come on, me, I'll be there. You're one of the greatest. Uh, I, bucket. Nah, this is going to be a great night for me because, you know, I, I love being around these guys. You know, cool. I just love being around them. Sometimes they hear stories. Some guys are bitter guys. Some guys are happy guys. And you see the whole um, the whole dynamics of who they really are. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And tickets are, uh, really, huh? t- tickets are 100 bucks and are available through the uh, the resort's box office or through Ticketmaster. So. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, that's a hey, good listen, deal. I don't know how much it costs, but just come out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll send people out. We'll send people out. Absolutely. All right. Iron Mike, good to talk to you, I man. Like sing and perform. You know? Oh. <laughs> One night in Bangkok, I make the world real happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. Have a good one, man. Philadelphia.
flying. Yeah, yeah, baby. Hey, Mike right. Tyson. We'll talk to you oh, later, Mike good. Tyson. Take it easy, man. <laughs> oh, my God. He is wild. He's a character, he is man. He's too funny. We'll talk to him forever. Is that yeah. the lyrics for One Night No, in the night no. Night. <laughs> And the world is happy. What did he say? He said, and I'm, yeah, and the world's happy. No, it's and the world's your oyster. Oh, or okay. Makes a hard man humble. There's, there's a couple a, different lines. There's a guy at a car wash by my house that I go to a lot who has the ex- exact same tattoo as Mike Tyson on his on face. On his face? Yes. Do you know that uh, from Hangover 2, the artist who gave Tyson that tribal tattoo sued the production really uh, because they they copied it exactly on Ed Helms yeah he had uh, he had patented or or trademarked that particular design and they did it without his permission and he got a settlement on that he got a settlement from the movie company Uh yeah I'm sure he got a big one I'm sure he has a big one Tyson is bizarre man yes Dude, his, I, I'm looking on Wikipedia, and I don't know how correct it is, but his boxing record is unbelievable. Oh, my God. I mean, Kathy, we used to, in, in his heyday, and I wanted to tell him the story, but he was just all over the place. It was He was fighting Michael Spinks, and uh, I was over at a friend's house, and, and the big thing was get together for fight night. Yep, it yep. was, you know, when Mike Tyson was fighting, he was just yep. undisputed. Nobody could touch this guy. He was yeah. just unbelievable specimen. HBO, not pay-per-view. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, I was there with my girlfriend, and we are waiting, and there was there was a, a holdout. Neither one of the guys wanted to come out of the dressing room first, so they were waiting it out. Right. And so we, we needed a beer run, so, you know, we're getting ready for a fight. Fight lasts a couple hours two, three hours, something like that. So my girlfriend runs to go get beer. <laughs> First round, 20 yep. seconds in, man. Mike knocks him out flat. She comes back in with whoever she went Aww. to go get the beer with. I'm like, the fight's over, over. man. <laughs> they were gone for like 10 minutes, and the fight was over. The I dude was just a machine. Oh, I remember watching all of his fights with my dad. That, Like you said, that was the thing. Yep. We, everybody came over, and you sat and watched the fights. Yeah, He admits in his documentary, um, you know, just he was... He was sociopathic. That's yeah. how he won. He yeah. He wanted he, to kill. He didn't simply right. Exactly. He wanted yeah. to kill his opponent. But he was well trained. I yeah. Mean, I, I've watched some videos on YouTube of his training. And Steve, you remember? Customato. Yeah. Customato was his his father figure in his life. And yeah. He, he took him off the street and taught him how to fight. Man, they they trained hard. And he did stuff. He wasn't just a brute. He, no. The dude could slip and, and and bob and weave and and was strategic. And but he just had the hardest punch in the world. Customato is actually in my. Uh, uh, family chain. Really? No yeah. Is he the one whose phone was tapped? <laughs> no, his phone wasn't tapped. <laughs> I want to see that. Like what you hear? You can see it too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. There is a piece of audio that we wanted to play for you, Steve. I only saw a snippet. They actually had it on the news this morning. Yeah, and I, when I saw it, Preston, I, I thought, okay, this is going to be a goofy, fun, yeah. funny thing, a riff. And I started playing, and I'm like, oh, my God, I like this song. I got a little choked up I did watching too. it, right? I, okay. Watching a little bit of the video, I did as well, because, man... I loved Mr. Rogers as a kid. I absolutely uh, loved him. I was not a huge Mr. Rogers fan, but yeah. I appreciate the way he communicated with kids. Yeah. And it is on full display, beautifully done, in this video that has, believe it or not, 
a very catchy song. Okay. It's Mr. Rogers' auto-tune. All right, let's roll some of this, because I want to check it out. Here we go. My neighbor, welcome again to this neighborhood. I'd like to show you something. You know what this is? Maybe if I press this button. This is a cassette player with a little cassette in here. And there's nothing written on it. So we'll just have to play it to see what it is. Do you ever imagine things? Are they scary things? Are they scary things? Do you ever imagine things? Things you'd like to have. Did you ever see a cat's eyes in the dark? And wonder what they were, what they were. Did you ever pretend about things like that? Did you ever pretend about things like that? Did you ever grow anything in the garden of your mind? In the garden of your mind. You can grow ideas in the garden of your mind. In the garden of your mind. It's good to be curious about many things. You can think about things and make believe. All you have to do is think and they'll grow. It's adorable, oh, for God's man. sakes. It's beautiful. Cool. Yeah. Imagine every person that you see is somewhat different, somewhat different from every other person in the world. Some can do some things. Some can do others. Did you ever think of the many things you've learned to do? Many things you've Did you ever grow anything in the garden of your mind? I like it. It is like it's beautiful. The wow. story of of, of uh, Mr. Rogers is so uh, profound because when the the PBS executives and, and went and visited him before the show in that military prison, and, what? and he he had been he had had he had gone to the snapping point, and he was the kind of guy, and they'd found him on the field. He had that necklace full of human ears. Stop it! And he said, "There's got to be something different. There's got to be more." And uh, that guy, that PBS guy, saw yeah, yeah. there's something in this man, yeah. something honest and pure. He was able to look past the human ear necklace. Despite the villages burned down and right. the whole thing, yeah. there's something. He, there good was something inside. good in this man. Right. And uh, and the moment of epiphany, the change in him from the, 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 the brutal loose cannon killer, the, the war machine. Stop it. Was when he put on the red sweater. Right. Hey, by the way, that that song was produced by PBS Digital Studios, so oh, it's really? not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's, it's a, sort of sanctioned, right? It is I sanctioned. Guess, yeah. it, wow. it, I would listen to that song in my car. Um, other than having the ugliest apartment in the history of the world, <laughs> Mister Rogers, you know what I dug about his? He had a uh, a street light on his uh, on the wall. Yeah, he had he had the full on you know green, yellow, and red light. And I always thought that was so cool. When I was You're there. right, though. The, that was his apartment oh, was, was the worst. Oh, it, was, it was the '70s when they yeah, did Yeah, at the it. time, it was kind of hip and cool. I just love the way the, the cute little things, like in his in his closet, he had uh, where you you normally hang the the coats. There were those handcuffs. <laughs> right? Yeah. You remember the story of the um, when they put the sex doll in his closet? The, yes. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah. This is a legit story. And All so right. I don't know if it was an anniversary or a special show or whatever, but he would come in every time, yeah. open up the closet, put yeah. on, change his shoes or whatever, take his sweater off. And he just came <laughs> in one time and they had a full-on sex doll, blow-up doll in there. <laughs> and he, he ran with it. He, he yeah. danced around the apartment with it. He <laughs> really? Was, is oh, there a yeah. video of it? There might be somewhere, Kathy. Oh, but it's just one of those stories that. where um, he had fun with it, too. Oh, he, I, just, I remember... I mean, I mean, it was Sesame Street and then Mr. Rogers every day. Yeah, and then off to college. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Put put line four on hold because I need to find out if this was uh, one of the urban legends about Mr. Rogers. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, let me go to Dan. Hey, Dan, good morning. 
Mr. Rogers was a war uh, war hero. See, he actually saved Lee Marvin's life whenever I was seen. He did it on a talk show, I forget, years and years ago. I think, as the story goes, he threw uh, the comedian Buddy Hackett on top of a hand grenade. Oh, right. it saved and the entire... And that saved Lee and, Marvin's life. And Buddy was so fat that it didn't kill him. It didn't. I mean, he was upset. Right. Certainly. Rightly so. And then later on, they, they hashed it out. And, All right. Uh, let, let's settle this. We, we pulled up the, the Wikipedia page. Uh, just, or just do a search on human ear necklaces. Stop it. <laughs> Mr. Rogers should pop right up to the top. Uh, let's see if he's got anything in his bio about a military career. Uh, Nick, let me know if you see anything. Or Snopes would be a good. I think I think Snopes completely discounts it. I don't see anything about him being in the military. Do you, Nick? Nope. Yeah. I think th- I think that's been one of those rumors over the years that he was a, a sniper. He was a Marine sniper. I, yeah. The, I think the most you'd get would be the Salvation Army, if anything. Right. Uh, he, But the way... He, I love, and then you hear it in the video, or hear it in the song, the way he talked to kids. I mean, Kathy, when you would watch him, would you would you believe that he was talking directly to you? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I just remember loving the show, but yeah, how he would talk directly into right. the camera, was talking to you, and then when he went to that, you know, make-believe world or whatever, well, that was just the... I, I did want the train. I remember that. Yeah, there's a trolley. It's not trolley. A train. Yes, a trolley. yes, yes. Sorry, Nick. Sorry. And then he, he blew it up. He put dynamite. No, I don't. I don't remember any of the stuff you're talking about. Yeah, I know. You I, have a bad memory. Though, I was a lot it's older. True. I was able to remember the stuff you weren't picking up on. Yeah, okay. By the way, when they went to the land of make believe, um, Lady Elaine definitely a lesbian. Oh yeah, you think? definitely. Kind of weird. Yeah, a weird. She kind of scared me a little. Bit. Uh, yeah, me too. And by the way, Mr. Rogers voiced all those characters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Every one of them. Yeah, he yep. was the one who was the awesome. the owl and uh, King Lady Friday Lane and King Friday and the cat and, and Dorcas Butt Whistle. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so here is here is Snopes. Uh, here's one of the claims, and it doesn't involve Mr. Uh, Mr. Rogers. It involves Lee Marvin. Actor and Bob Keeshan, television's Captain Kangaroo, yes. fought together at Iwo Jima. Now, here's the truth. Actor Lee Marvin fought in the Pacific Theater during World War II, received a Purple Heart, and is buried in Arlington National Cemetery. False. Lee Marvin and Bob Keeshan uh, fought together in the Battle of Iwo, for Iwo Jima. That's what it says. I don't even know if, if uh, Captain Kangaroo was a... Uh, he, he, was, he, got, he became he a captain in the Navy. No, really? no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he was military at all. Yeah. I think just the... We need a kangaroo division. (laughs) (laughs) Not actual kangaroos. Australian theater. Right. Uh, But I I don't think... uh, No, Mr. Rogers, that that was pretty... uh, That's bogus uh, information about him. You know, with the human ears and uh, (laughs) killing babies. He was colorblind. Was he? Yeah, he was colorblind and he was an ordained minister in the Presbyterian Church. He was a great piano player. Yeah. He was also... Like an accomplished jazz pianist. And a ninth level ninjutsu master. He was not! (laughs) So weird. He was a ninja? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. What's this? This is uh, Mr. Rogers playing the piano in concert. (laughs) He's good. It's, it's harder than it sounds. Do you imagine? I always try to imagine him at the point if he ever had a moment where he melted down and freaked got out. freaked out. But I couldn't see him doing that, you know? It was so calm yeah. all the time. I'm going to carry Let me go to. <laughs> I'm sure he did. He was a TV yeah. star. You know what I mean? Have, have you ever farted and have it come out two holes? <laughs> well, you're about to. <laughs> Wait. Wait a minute. What? You ever farted and had it come out two holes? You ruined well, all my childhood memories. You're, you're about to. If you have with my sweaters again. <laughs> Let me go to Chris. Hey, Chris, good morning. Hey, bitches. Hey, hey what? what? What's up, Chris? Hey, so I heard a 
rumor a long time ago that under that sweater, he was covered in tattoos. It's oh, shut <laughs> up. He was all prison tattoos. <laughs> he, had, <laughs> he had spider webs on his elbows. Right. And he had they a teardrop. The they teardrops, covered it up with makeup. Kathy, you're so right. right. They had to use, they use actually before, it's the same stuff that the Kardashians are selling now. <laughs> and he was covered in tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> And a Prince Albert. A Prince Albert, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, in fact, that's how he got the trolley to run. He would hold the metallic uh, thing in his penis against the track, and that would let it. Oh, my God. Yeah. You didn't yeah. know that, did you? No. That is true, though. Well, that was always true. true. Snopes never, just, uh, said yes, true. They never showed him from the waist down when they brought the trolley out. We've heard, you know, the, as the history goes, we talked about this before, he, he, he was exactly that guy. Yeah. He was that uh, you know, very, uh, there was it's something magical about the way he would converse, you know, not in the, yeah. not in the Michael Jackson, you know, creepy way. He, no. he, he understood, um, he knew how to talk to kids. Yeah. And, 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 and listen, it's hard to do. It really is. I still, <laughs> even a father of three, when I see, uh, <clears throat> people who have kids and they come up and I don't know them. Uh, if I'm going to converse with them, sometimes it's easy. Other times, it's like really hard to talk on their level. Do you know, and God, God bless you as parents for doing that. And I, uh, you don't do it. I, I, I talk to them as adults. Right. Yeah, to, to, no, uh, I, and I understand I'm talking, that. In, in a fun way, the, that's why the thing of, uh, hey, Billy's here. Talk to talk to Uncle Steve. And it's like, you know, and the kid is virtually incapable of speaking to begin with, and they put them on the phone, and it's like, oh. I know. Please. <laughs> I still have an issue with that, too. I, I, you know, and, and I get back on, you just your child must be very dumb because I couldn't understand because he's an infant. Wait, Preston, what do you have a problem with? Putting the kid on the phone? Yeah. Oh, okay. With with especially if it's like if I'm calling uh, for it, even my wife, you know, uh, if, if, if I'm, I'm in a hurry, I got to get something done right away, and she'll have one of the kids actually answer the phone. <laughs> hey, oh, I love you too. It's great. Can you put your mother on the phone? I got to talk to her right now, please. I'll tell you something though, your kids have very good phone manners. I've called to the house, oh, okay. and they've been ve- every time I've called both. Uh, I assume you let both Parker and Carter yeah, answer at this point. Answer the phone. Uh, they're very good. Yeah, and they they know the exact stuff to do. We actually have to tell them to answer the phone because uh, when on on Comcast we have our phone line through that, so the phone number. Will pop up on the TV screen, and I just don't like to answer the phone anymore. No, I, I just don't like to. It's always people who want to talk to you for I some know, reason. I know, you know. I mean, I'm trying. But if to, I'm calling, I'm trying to not do yeah, things yeah, right yeah. now. Okay. If I'm calling, can you answer? Because if I, your wife answers, I end up on like a half hour conversation. I know she's a chatterbox. I get to you. She's awesome. Though. I know. <laughs> she's, but you know what? She, you know what? She's full of the joy of life. Yeah. yeah she's, Whereas we're just. Uh, Curmudgeons, right? <laughs> but but you need to you got to introduce it to your kids. They need to know phone etiquette, and at some point you do have to slowly Answer incorporate it. them into do answering they the phone. Teach that in school anymore? Because I remember clearly in elementary school, specifically in fourth grade, they brought in a um, a, a phone setup where one phone was in the um, classroom. Really? The cord ran out to the hallway. We huh. would go out one by one and conduct phone etiquette. Wow! No, yeah. no, no, I haven't heard of that. Uh, hang on, let me go back then to this. Then they Mr. would whip us. Let me go to the Mr. Rogers thing. Let me go to Terry. Hey, Terry, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. You guys rock. Thank yeah. you. Oh, What's going on, Terry? Hey, I had a call to tell you a story about Mr. Rogers. Okay. Um, when I was a kid, my sister had cancer, um, and she watched Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street every day and all that good stuff. And um, eventually, unfortunately, my sister passed away. And my parents wrote a letter to Mr. Rogers and to Sesame Street. And Mr. Rogers wrote a handwritten letter back to us just saying, you know, how appreciative he was that that he let, you know, that we let our daughter, so my my sister, into his life and that we, you know, allowed him to touch, you know, a part of her life. And, you know, he actually physically 
parents, so he's an awesome dude. Yeah, Terry, wow. you did get the impression that uh, it was not simply a paycheck yeah. and that he was looking to affect a, a positive change. Yeah. No, he was the real deal. So yeah. I just wanted to pass that along, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, man. We appreciate Thank you. it. That's yeah. really Bye. nice. Uh, by the way, a number of texts are coming in. One says that he was a, a fluffer uh, at one point. Really? Uh, that I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> this one says he sold crack to Mr. McFeely. <laughs> <laughs> that might actually be true. I think that one's true. I liked Mr. McFeely. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. He's cool, too. Yeah, I think he's still around somewhere. Is he? Yeah, doing appearances as Mr. McFeely. Like, I saw him as a com- uh, on a commercial or, or something His story's amazing. <laughs> what? He, oh. he, li- he lives in the area. Did he you? was I'm a sorry. Somali pirate for a while. <laughs> yep. No, Nick, he used to come into the Dilworth Town Inn. <laughs> no way! Yeah. That's when cool. I worked really? There. Yeah. Well, let's get him in, then. Would I would work? love to talk to Mr. Mm-hmm. McFeely. He talked we about find him. candidly. Uh, uh, they had uh, they jumped aboard an oil tanker, yeah. and and he, of course, it was his job. His job was to kill the captain immediately. Right. He regrets it, and uh, yeah, and yeah. he popped around, and, and and the guy he didn't know the guy the captain had a metal plate in his head, and there was like a spark, and they, he looked at it, and it's at that moment he said, no. This has got to be something different. Really? From here on in, I'm Mr. McFeely. It was the... Because I'm clearly not Mr. McKilly. <laughs> Mr. McKilly. I'm not working as Mr. McKilly. David Newell is his name, Mr. McFeely. And you know who they, they played off of him uh, is in the movie Mrs. Doubtfire? Oh, I thought it was Raging Bull. No. <laughs> Isn't that his At story? the end of the movie, they take the guy who was the boring kid show host, yeah, yeah. and they turn him into the mailman character who yeah, comes to right. Mrs. Yeah. Doubtfire and, uh, and uh, trying to turn him into a Mr. McFeely. Which, no, we got if Mr. McFeely's around, we definitely have to get him uh, on sometime. I'll yeah. find out if he still goes in there. All right. Well, he, so he was like a regular deal? Like yeah, you could he, set your clock by him? Uh, no, but I mean a couple of times. He, oh. he, when I worked there, he came in. I've got nothing else going on in my life. <laughs> Mr. Rogers was on bath salts. <laughs> was he? <laughs> oh, my God. You remember that when he, he ate, uh, what, Lady Elaine's face? Uh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Let me give He was naked. <laughs> you didn't get that on tape, did you? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the... There was a young girl that he had on the show. Not oh, young, but she was in yeah. her 20s or Carmen something Electra. like that. No. <laughs> But I always thought she was really cute. Yeah, she had long, straight hair. Yeah, real long hair. Uh And she would be in the land of make-believe as well. Yeah, not long enough. When they would go to the land of make believe, somehow or another, she was there. She was never in his apartment. He was a uh, he had his own kids, right, Uh, Mr. Rogers? I I believe he did. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. He did. Uh, I guess he did. Uh, Let me go to Brad here real quick. Hey, Brad, how you doing? Hey, good morning, guys. You guys rock. Thank you. What's going on, Brad? Hey, I wanted to ask you guys, did you ever check out on YouTube the Rap Battles of History with Mr. Rogers versus Mr. T? No. I'm not familiar with this. Guys, you got to check it out. It's awesome. It's explicit, but it's good stuff. (laughs) Mr. Rogers as Mr. T. Oh, is it the guy who does does impressions and he does the rap battles between people? Yes. They're, oh. very, they're very fun. Yeah, okay. I got to see that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll, check I'll, it out. You guys will like it. It's awesome. Right, Thank thanks, you. Brad. I appreciate it. Uh, was it Betty Preston? Betty Aberlin and Lady Aberlin? That's her, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, not oh. so cute anymore. Wow. wow. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Well, in her, in her defense, she got caught in a wood chipper. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch got old. Huh. It's great to be back in PBS. <laughs> Please put the hose back in my neck. Oh. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get Mr. McFeely on the show. Yeah, this is not helping. No. Uh-uh. Uh, hang on here. Gene spent the day with Mr. Rogers. Let me go oh. to him. Hey, Gene, how you doing? Okay. By the way, Betty Aberlin actually showed up in um, Kevin Smith's film Dogma. Really? Where? What point? I know that movie well. Uh, you know what? I, I can't remember offhand, but uh, she's in it. Let me wow. See. 
check, you check the credit IMDb, list. Yeah, yeah. Probably tell you. I will yeah. have to look that Dude. up. That's cool, Gene. Hold on a second. I'm sorry. She was also in Zach and Miri Make a Porno, Red State, and Jersey Girls. What? I love Zach and Miri Make yeah. a Porno. She's obviously got to be I friends think, with uh, Kevin, Kevin Smith. Smith. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? Kevin's in town on Wednesday. Then mm-hmm. we call ahead, oh, have him get her in here. <laughs> yes. That's our connection to Mr. McFeely. Before we know it, we have Robert De Niro in us, right? <laughs> Why am I here again? What was that? What? I I spent the day there. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, she was a very cool woman. I I spent the day with um, Mr. Rogers and the whole crew on the set one day, and he's just the way he is on the show. He's just, uh, there's nothing, um, there's no performance. No pretense. Yeah. Gene, how how did you end up to uh, go to that? Well, I worked. I used to work on Sesame Street, and I'm a children's book author. And I oh. just, I wrote him a fan letter wow. once, and he ended up, he invited me out to Pittsburgh just to spend the day. That's where the, the studios were, correct? For that, yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh. Right. And I got to you know play with the puppets behind the sets and all that. It was just a real, really cool day. Wow. Where was the land of make believe and his apartment on the same set? Yeah, they just they would take down the uh, his his. His home set and and build uh, make believe. Oh man, that's so cool! And those are iconic uh, yeah. parts of pop culture. And, 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 and did, the, did any of those the, any of that stuff end up in the Smithsonian? I don't know. You know, maybe the sweater. I yeah. think something yeah. like that. Yeah. But you know the and then they had the, the piano and the whole band was right off camera and would you know play live to you know to his, and accompany him on the songs and the whole deal. It's yeah, really very cool. nice. That's very cool, cool, man. All right. Well, thanks. I appreciate it, Gene. Yeah. Sure. All right. See you later. Uh, we pulled up the, a picture of Matt Damon and, uh, what's her name again? Uh, Be- uh, Betty Aberlin. Uh, from Mr. Rogers, uh, and it's in the beginning of the movie, and she's a nun, and they're in the airport, and Matt oh. Damon is is questioning her uh, theological beliefs, and right, kind of yeah. gives her a couple of things to think about and freaks her out, so I did not know that was her. Uh, we did have a picture in here. It looked like there was <laughs> some some sort of Smithsonian picture where Mr. Rogers is sitting down. They have his shoes or They his actually sweater. took his body. Right? Yeah. And taxidermy. Sealed it in <laughs> right. They took like a taxidermist. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, they did with Lennon. Did they, um, is Mr. Rogers on anymore? I don't think so. Because, I mean, like, Sesame Street's on Sprout all the time. I don't recall seeing Mr. Rogers. Maybe on some PBS channels locally, maybe they do that. I don't know, Case. But, I mean, it, it's pre- It's good. It's still good message, but it's so dated uh, with uh, with all the stuff that he shows you. I mean, and, because th- it, and there's slavery. <sighs> yeah. It goes, that far yeah back. it goes that far back. I was not yeah. aware. Uh, let me go to Ken wants to comment on the sex doll prank. Uh, Ken, how you doing? Hey, what's happening? Hey, what's up, bud? Sorry to bug you guys at work. Oh, uh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, remember Soupy Sales? Yes, love Soupy Sales. Yeah, they did a thing with him. They had a naked girl in the closet. He opened up the door, and he was like, his eyes bugged out, and he kept closing the door and opening it up and laughing. It was a funny well, it, it, it was It was in the closet. It, part of the Soupy Sales bit was that he would go to his front door, and you would see, like, the hand of the, the mailman, or you'd see White Fang. White Fang. Yeah, and, yeah, that uh, was it. By the yeah. way, you can get all of those. Th- those are available. I have the collection, the Soupy Sales collection yeah. on DVD. And by the way, that was live television. Oh, live no. television? You, could, you couldn't see the girl on, yeah. the, on the TV, but he could. And oh. they had a side shot that they did for their own in-house. And you've seen it, right? And yeah, it, yeah. yeah, and she's naked, she's shaking her boobs shaking around, her and he's dying. That uh, was a great prank. That show was hugely popular, so much so that Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis and the, the Rat Pack members showed up one day. I, on uh, on the Soupy Sales show, no the kidding. kids show, yeah. Wow. To get because his thing was you uh, getting hit in the face with a pie. Hang on, let me go to Chris. Hey, Chris. Good morning. Hey, Gadzooks, Gadzooks. Gadzooks, what's up, man? 
I feel like Pierre is the exact opposite with children than Mr. Rogers was. He's so <laughs> awkward and not willing to strike up a conversation with a child. He will talk, but kids love Pierre. They do. It's it's strange, Rob. Now, he, he or I'm sorry, Chris, he won't talk to them on their level. Right. But he's so larger than life. Like, my son Carter thinks he's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Pierre will, you know, hello, young citizen, and he, yeah, yeah. he doesn't drop that bit at all and, and goes into it. And kids love it. And most times it's out at events where he has on some crazy outfit, something right. colorful, tie-dyed, so kids, you know, are attracted to that. They see that. He almost looks then, like a mascot. Yeah, he yeah. does. He does. Yeah. I want to play a little bit more of the song. Hold on a second. This was the, the oh. Mr. Rogers auto tour. Hey, neighbor. Welcome again to this neighborhood. I'd like to show you something. You know what this is? It's a necklace made of human ears. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if I press this button. Charlie got a little ornery in the bush. <laughs> This is a cassette player with a little cassette in here, and there's nothing written on it, so we'll just have to play it to see what it is. Do you ever imagine things? Are they scary things? Are they scary Do you ever imagine things? The things you'd like to have? Did you ever see a cat's eyes in the dark and wonder what they were? What they were? Did you ever pretend about things like that? Did you ever pretend about things like that? Did you ever grow anything? I love it. Very cool. It actually chokes you up a bit. Yeah, I agree. By the way, this uh, this text says the best part of Mr. Rogers was George Carlin as the conductor. That was Thomas the Tank Engine, you moron. <laughs> there have been three. There was uh, Ringo know, Starr. Uh, oh, Alec Ringo Baldwin. And Alec Baldwin as well. Yeah. I, in fact, Alec Baldwin referenced it one time on uh, on 30 Rock. He was talking yeah. about like past um, experiences that he's done as an actor. It was pretty you funny. You know what? Thomas the Tank Engine, when my kids were young enough and they were watching that, was bizarrely hypnotic to me. I thought their their sets were incredible. Oh, they were beautiful. Oh, the, mini- the miniatures? They were, yeah. I loved yeah. them. But but it was the dialogue with if if it was Alec Baldwin or George Collins, whoever it was. But it was like Thomas was very cross when yeah. Percy cross. came. They would, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they always used cross. They used yeah. the word cross, Thomas yeah. or Tuppen McHatton, and just the way they would speak, I'd be like, eh. yeah. like drooling, yeah. looking at the TV. Thomas just, had had a bad day. So out. when the bus got stuck on the tracks, he didn't care. <laughs> he rammed right through it, right, killing fifty students. Right. Who is Sally Star? Sally Star is a local. Um, wasn't Sally Star local? Oh, hang yeah. on. Let me go to Jen. Hey, Jen, how you doing? She a fun being up. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Good. Hey, Jen, who is Sally Star? Uh, I believe she was on the old TV shows with uh, Howdy Doody. Oh, okay. What was she? I thought she was a local. Uh, Sally Star was local, yes? Okay, we had somebody in the, in the uh, studio. Uh, so she, you think she was with Howdy Doody? I think so. I, I remember, I mean, I'm only 30, so yeah. it was way before my time. But I remember my father talking about uh, Sally Star and How, Howdy Doody. But I was at a gay pride festival uh, probably about six or seven years back. Right. And she comes out. She's pretty much an antique at this point, and she comes out on stage dressed up in her cowboy gear, and the first words out her out of her mouth are, "How all you queers doing?" <laughs> Jen, was was she gay? I don't think so. I I haven't heard anything about. 
her being gay, but okay. it her, just blew me away that that was somebody that they would have at a gay pride festival. Her, uh, Interesting. Her, her broadcast and entertainment career began with the creation of a character of a blonde cowgirl who uh, hosted an afternoon children's program for Philadelphia station WFIL, oh. yeah. uh, which is now PVI, Channel okay. 6, uh, from ni- the, the 50s to 1971, and uh, the character became an icon in the greater Philadelphia area. Interesting. I did not know that. It was uh, it was the 4 o'clock gay pride roundup. I saw a... The uh, rootin' tootin' gay pride roundup. <laughs> I was at a bookstore one time and just randomly looking at bookshelves, and I came across, it was like... Um, it was like great lesbians in television history. Yes. And a lot of the people that were at the time closeted because it was, you know, it was, it was not, if, if you opened up, it, you were it, 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 it was a career risk. But I saw a couple of the, the names, Steve. One of them was uh, the, the woman who played Mrs. Hathaway on. Uh, oh, Jane Hathaway. Yeah. Uh, Jane, uh, Culp. Um, Nancy Culp. Yeah. She was definitely gay. Yeah. She hated, she hated Buddy Epson. Really? They hated each other. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, and Ma Kettle from the Mom Pop Really? Yeah. She was lesbian. Yeah, that was the word. There were a whole bunch of them, and I forgot. Those are the two that I just I recalled. Sally Star still lives in the area. She lives in Atco, New Jersey, and she operates a, a pizza and ice cream restaurant. Wow. All right, we got to get her in, too. Her, yeah, and Mr. McFeely. Oh, and, uh, man, if we could get them to make out in the studio. I don't. Yeah. If, we could, if we could get a collective. I mean, because a lot of this stuff, I mean, you, were, you know, um... Uh, you know, American Bandstand initially was filmed here, and and a bunch oh, of if other. We could get Dick Clark in here. Well, dude, oh, come dude, on, that's amazing. not the point okay, I'm trying right, to make. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, still, it would be cool. Chief Halftown. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm with you, Preston. But yes, and and even out of Pittsburgh, that enough of these iconic uh, kids program hosts and and characters might still be around. It'd be great yeah, to have... I mean, we, we, we had Captain it. Noah and, and uh, before he passed and Al Albertson before he passed. We had them on. Look at how pivot... Look at how much, how revered Mark Summers is at this yeah. point. Just because... From your youth, that's that's something you take with you forever. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and then he'll be a forgotten host in a couple of absolutely. Decades. He'll yeah, be a drunk, right. and then he'll jump off a roof somewhere. Right. So, uh, uh. going back to Mr. Rogers, Handyman Negri, he's still alive. We get him in. Handyman, what? You remember him, Joe Negri? He yeah. would come in and help out uh, with uh, give handies. Yeah. <laughs> remember? Who wants a handy? I'm your handyman. Really? <laughs> really? Sorry. Uh, no, here are my tools right here. <laughs> I'd, I'd have to see a picture of him younger. Look, uh, he's right Nick. here. Look up on the screen. Remember him? Uh, no, that's that's. I think that's a... Uh, that's ukulele Pete. Show, <laughs> show him when he was younger. Give me a picture of him when he was younger, because if younger. he was that old back in the day of uh, Mr. Rogers, he would easily be dead by the now. Get, there's, a, there's a great <laughs> still of him at the... I'm um, telling you. Person. He would easily be dead. There's a great still of him behind Hitler at the Nuremberg rally. Oh, that, yeah. That's when he was yeah, young. Yeah, yeah. That's what I want to see. Young, when he was still with the Luftwaffe. Yeah, I did not know. I didn't know he was at the yeah. Nuremberg rally. But. You are no handyman, Pete! <laughs> Nick, see if you can pull up, pull up a, a picture of him from... Uh, from the old days? Yeah, because yeah. now, now I'm right. curious. I mean, like Mr. Green Jeans, you remember him from Captain Kangaroo? See, like kids don't have any. Cl- that was an Dancing absolute bear. must before um, before school. Captain Kangaroo, uh, the the moose, yeah, um, Mr. Moose. Dancing Bear had no mouth. No, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Green Jeans had it surgically removed so Did he wouldn't he? talk to the cops. Uh, you know what? I still don't it's remember the same man guy. You don't remember? He would. He's like uh, Mr. Fixit. He'd come around and uh, help Mr. Rogers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Else. Now that you find a younger picture of like him, Mr. Yeah. Oral Man. I do. What? Oh my God! Like Stop Andy. it! I do remember that. Uh, well, you know what? Yeah, let's work on getting these people in the show. I think that'd be really just fun. don't play them this segment. If if we could, yeah, don't ever play them this segment. Yeah, but uh, it would be cool if we could get them <clears throat> on together. Sure. And, and reminisce about some stuff like that would be pretty cool. 
Uh, so anyhow, the, if you want to see the the video of uh, this uh, auto tune, Mister Rogers, it's on PrestonSteve.com. It's really really cool. You'll love it. It's very sweet. Uh, unlike our discussion here this morning. Activate the Preston and Steve Show podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Our next hey, guest. WMMR is thrilled to the point of nausea to present me, Peter Torres. Yeah. That is the first time we've ever had a guest introduce himself. I'm I just can't trust you guys. <laughs> you know, you're very perceptive in just that short amount of time you realize we're incompetent. That's very good. It was not a no-brainer. I'm, I'm very excited which, to meet which you, Which runs right up my alley. <laughs> it works out well. Yeah, no brainer. Not it's like mine. I'm, I'm very excited to meet you. I've uh, As many people in America, a fan of yours uh, as a kid, and, and you still crank out great music, and you and your band are playing tonight at the Sellersville Theater. Best Sh- name ever. Shoe suede blues. Shoe suede yeah. blues. Thank you, thank you, Steve. And how thank long is, how long has that band been together? I, I don't even know for sure. Something like thirteen or fourteen years. Okay, yeah, All right, more a little bit more or less. And we and and I, I uh, you know I can't possibly go on without letting you know that we yes indeed we do actually do do some songs from that that group I used to belong to. <laughs> yes, yeah, which will remain anonymous. Uh, <laughs> not for too long. Monkeys anonymous. Monkeys anonymous. I, t- I, I, I tell you hi, what, I'm Peter. I'm an anon- I, I'm a for- I'm a recovering monkey. <laughs> We, I we had actually, a slip last summer. Uh, did, you, did you? You felt yeah, you I, got back I, I on? Was in the, I was in the monkeys again last summer. Yes. <laughs> our, our old our old program director. We were at, worked at a, uh, a modern rock station, and he was a big monkeys fan. And we all we all yeah. worked because uh, you'd have to sort of explain to people. No, there there was a point when you guys were sort of able to let loose. You, a, a very accomplished musician, took the handles and were able to to write your own stuff. And I I, I was a big fan. I have my iPod has a load of of monkey stuff uh, mm-hmm. on it. Okay. You had to sort of fight through to get. Yeah, we did. Uh, we we took a lot of uh, shellacking. I, I I got really bent out of shape at the time. Although I think it was a mistake. Now I see why it had to be the way it was. We were making a TV show that yeah. had to come first, mm-hmm. and they were making albums. And you can't, and I did. Turns out I didn't know how to make a record. I, yeah. I thought I did, but but no. <laughs> and um, uh, and uh, so they had to make the records for us for a couple of albums while we made the TV show. And then you know, and we were on the road playing. You know, we were a cover band playing monkeys. Songs. Yeah, <laughs> the four of us were a cover band playing. But yet you there. you were a musician, and yep. and, and as, so as as was everybody else, really one right. way or another. I mean, Davey was not a, an instrumentalist, yeah. but everybody else played. Oh, and, one one of your original songs I loved, which was uh, "You Just May Be the One." That's one great of my song. favorite songs. Yep. I love that tune. So I mean, the stuff that you guys wrote was great as well. You yeah, know? we had some pretty good tunes. I the the closing theme after the first yeah, year. You wrote that? Was I wrote that? Yeah, yeah Pete's sake, it's called. Oh, um, yeah. And uh, and it's kind of interesting. I uh, I got a girlfriend through that song. She said, "What was that chord?" And I told her, and she said, and "Her eyes got dreamy." <laughs> you dog. <laughs> that is, yeah, great song. Excellent song. Uh, well, we, we obviously want to touch on uh, one of the most recent uh, bits of news to come out of the camp uh, of the yes. monkeys was, was Davey passing away. The passing of our dear... We, we had spoke to him um, a couple of years ago because uh, the Daily News here locally ran a sexy singles feature. And he was in the list. And he lived close enough to here to where they yeah. put him on the list. And it, was, <laughs> it was really neat. And he was, he was such a nice guy. And it, and it blew us away as 
did you that that he passed at at this age? It's just too too bad. Yep, you it's know. it was sad. I uh, I miss him. Um, we're showing uh, the, the 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 we're showing in the studio a picture of the the two of us jamming together, yeah. cranking on the keyboard, and <laughs> Josie's cranking on the tambourine. You know that David Letterman top ten list had David Jones listed as among the top ten tambourine players of all time <laughs> at numbers eight and three. Eight and three. <laughs> it's it's a it's an unsung hero of the music world. How many instruments do you play? Uh, I count five. You count yeah. five. I can do. I can get noises and and play some melodies on a lot of others. But that you know, I wouldn't want to stand up on stage and and try to jam on them or anything. I saw you play banjo one time. I do that. That's, That's a pretty five string banjo is an early instrument of mine. Yeah, I got yeah. into the folks thing when I was a a younger guy. And What's, what you, are the five? Pete Seeger things, keyboards, uh, guitar, five string banjo. Uh, bass and French horn. Okay. Is, is French, French horn? Yeah, How did that work its way in there? Well, that was my orchestral instrument. You know, oh, okay. In high school, they said, well, learn a new instrument. And the, and the teacher was a French horn player, and I always loved the sound. Yeah. So I've, I've actually recently decided not to play the French horn anymore just because I can't keep my lip up and practice my guitar and keep the ba- kit. You know, there's just too many chops you got, to You have up. to make concessions. Yeah, I yeah. do. That's right. Compromises yeah. as, as the times weary on. As they, How yeah. difficult is it to play the banjo? I've heard it's a, it's a tough one to learn. Well, there's a hump, basically. There's a, a, a couple of initial things you have to get over, and after that it gets easy. But you know it's the same as any other instrument. You play it five years, you'll be about five times as good as you were when you played it one year, and that's true of anything you take up. I have to ask, in, in the beginning um, of the of the Monkees, uh, was it Bob Rafelson who was mm-hmm. the, the, the... Among those. Yeah, among, among those yeah. who created... As the legend goes, we heard people like um, Stephen Stills auditioned, and, and yep. uh, do you yep. know if, who, who what role he was auditioning for, or was it just sort of a general thing? Well, you know, I, I, I actually auditioned for the role of Mickey Dolenz and was rejected. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I but mean, there was, was a part was... left at the end of the be... auditioning that let me have it. I, uh, I assume they were looking for types as opposed to just there was a character because no, no, really even, they weren't. Not even that. They were huh. looking. They were looking for four guys who together made a, a gang okay. that, that they could get. You know, uh, I walked in there and I played the dummy and uh, right at the beginning and they said, "Well, we want an offbeat guy. We got three regular guys. We want an offbeat guy. Peter, do you mind being the offbeat guy?" Yeah, I said, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Playing my part to the hilt, Uh, and uh, so it was like that. You know, Mickey was the wild and crazy guy. He was—he's such a freak. (laughs) And the little, little, yeah, he's wild, wild hair. And uh, Jonesy, the cute one, and then Nesmith, sort of a little, a little more upright and dignified, and you know. And so, so that they gathered, they they weighed. All of the guys who who got through the process. So there were eight of us at the end, and they weighed all of them and, and selected the one, the, the, the combination. Yeah, the yeah. combination. That's how they went about. Peter, it. was it Nesmith's idea to wear that toque, the uh, the stocking cap, or did they throw I, that on him? I no, I think he came in with it on, and they said, "Can you keep the hat on?" He got he kept it on until he got sick of it. Yeah. In the audition, in fact, the classic there's the classic black and white footage of him coming yeah. in and, and, and sort of I guess just just yeah. ripping dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you, out of the gate, you know. Um, it, it it sort of takes off. Here you guys are musicians being told that you're not musicians. Uh, how how long did it take before you were able to just finally say, okay, can we take a crack at it ourselves? Two albums. Two we, albums. Yeah, we yeah. had to get the first two out of the way. It became a quite a bear when this, the second album, um, Don Kirshner, um, 
you know, throughout the second album, he was he was in charge of the music. The, the legendary Don Kirshner. The Kirshner, legendary yeah. Don Kirshner, yeah. Uh, he put the second album out, and we hadn't even heard it. We got it, we wow. heard it first by going across the street and buying it at a J.C. Penney. <laughs> you had that, to buy your own buy album own to, to hear, hear it. it for the first time. Wow. Right, yeah. So that was a little disgusting, <laughs> shall we? Just a wee bit irksome. And, yeah. Uh, and that was the and, and we'd been playing. And here's the thing, you know, we were doing the pilot in '65, and uh, there was a dance scene, and everything felt quiet. And, and the four of us are sitting on a bandstand. We look behind the instrument. You know, we look at the amps. These amps live? Yeah. Click. And we just began to play like Johnny B. Good, you know, yeah. and, and straight rock uh, pop tunes. And never having played together before, ever. Ever. Not yeah. ever wow. having played together before. And jamming and all the extras and everybody getting up and dancing around there. You know, and teaching Mickey back, whack, 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 whack. Yeah. Mickey, Mickey learned how to play drums two, three days previously. Really? And that's all there was to it. You know? huh. And so, like, there was something about us as a bang, a gang of, a bad, a bang of a bang. musicians. Yeah. <sighs> He <laughs> <laughs> just got off a train. Yeah, yeah. just got. Yeah. <laughs> um, that 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 worked from the start, from the very get go. And uh, was it was a lot of that the fact that you 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 all liked each other, you all had that that synergy. Well, we had respect for each other yeah. as musicians, and I have to say that I liked and loved and respected each of them in different proportions. Right. Sure. And uh, uh, but the fact that you know it was obvious that Mickey was everybody's a very gifted guy. I'm often accused of, or I should say, praised. As being the only musician in the group but the truth is i'm the only trained right. musician in the group but i might be the last talent on the gang i'm, I'm telling you these guys are really all splendid yeah they were all davy jones he handed him a guitar put your fingers here he could play that night mm -hmm. davy just that's awesome he just never he never dropped a stitch probably the best pitch and the best time among us uh, all that kind of thing, you know. So hey, we we heard stories of uh, I know Jack Nicholson. I guess either wrote the screenplay for the movie you guys had had. Uh, um, Bert, uh, uh, Bob Rafelson and Jack Nicholson wrote and produced. Are, did you head, become friends yeah. with uh, with Nicholson for a while? Yeah, yeah. For a little while, came uh, a little while afterwards. He came up the street and we grinned at each other and had a hug and sat down on a bench and he started talking left. I started talking right and we held hands. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's how it worked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we heard some some legendary things too about uh, onset. Um, I forget whose whose book or who who described it, but a, a, kind of a certain. Like a pit or like a like a a thing you'd get into and, and to, to get away from production. Oh, and... you're thinking about the the the, the gray the steel box. We, yes, they gave us a, a refrigerated box. We could indulge in cannabis, cannabinoid <laughs> related related substances. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. And and uh, you know, and they had four lights on the on the wall. And when they wanted one of us, the the appropriate light went on. So, huh. oh God, they want me now, man. I got to go out there and do my act. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Hey, very accommodating. Peter, are you aware of some of the, uh, there, there are some kids shows that are out like uh, Big Time Rush that are very monkey-esque, you know, singing groups and, ah, and uh, no. some comedy the stuff. The last thing I heard, there was a gang, a gang in a show called California Dreams. And, uh, That's I, years I, ago, yeah. I, yeah, it's a while, and I haven't seen a thing since then. Yeah. Since that, okay. I watched Charlie Rose. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. yeah, MSNBC. Right, right. So so uh, with the, with the, the music, and we people may be unfamiliar. Describe what, you, what you're into besides... What I'm doing now? Yeah. I thought you'd never ask. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 the, it's it's a sort of a mostly blues uh, or, a, or a strongly blues influence. We do some straight, real, get-down Chicago blues. Uh, we do some blues pop. Uh, uh, we do some... Uh, and, and we do some monkey songs with a blues tinge. Uh, we do Last Train to Clarksville like Black Velvet, you know. Really? Take the last... 
train to Clarksville, and I'll meet like that. Right? Oh, cool. It's real cool. slow and grindy and oily. Uh, blues, your, blues your favorite? Uh, blues, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's always been my favorite. I just didn't think I could do it until 14 or 15 years ago. Like, oh. I'm just, it's like there's there's a couple of aspects to the blues. There's an actual skill set, which, yeah. you know, and the notes in the blues are not on the piano. They are elsewhere. They're right. somewhere in between, you know? Right, so, right, right. So I came up playing da 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 playing classical <laughs> music on the piano, you know, and here comes a blues note. Uh, 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 uh. Not a lot of French horn in the blues, right? No, not French horn in the blues either. But um, a, lot of, a lot of bending of notes and stuff like that. The bending of yeah. notes and all that kind of thing, you know? And, and then there's the, you know, the... The, the cultural and social aspects of the blues, you can't ignore those things. And if, without that, there is no blues. And you know, how did things get to... And the beat. You yeah. know, people... You think it's a, a if people think it's a triplet beat. You go, but if you do a straight triplet beat, you're doing like salsa marches. Dum da dum. Right. You got to swing it a little bit. Very big difference. Yeah. Preston's getting into, or, or just not. You're you're kind of going on a on a jazz. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A, jazz I, is the only other music that shares the beat. Yeah, yeah with I'm, blues. I'm a school musician. I'm a drummer, so I, yeah. I grew up in you know high school. I thought I thought that was a I thought that was a, a tumor uh, sticking out of your back. <laughs> no, 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 no. Those are sticks, right? Those are drum <laughs> sticks. sticks. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so I know. Yeah, I, I absolutely. But, but yep. the the uh, the idea of dragging behind the beat a little bit and, and uh, actually shuffling and stuff. I had to work it out on a computer. It turns out that the beat is on the money. It's the pickups are early that makes it sound like it's dragging. Really? Yep. So interesting. Yep. So check it out on your computer. Now, do you uh, do you do some uh, recording at home? Um, yeah, I do, I mean, it's so easy to do now. It know? is. Yeah, but you have to. It, it, it still is a. It still is the truth that you cannot make a really good album if you don't have really good. Everything isn't really good. Where I'm, at, where I'm at my house, I don't have really good sound. I mean, the room is not a good sounding room, so I do little light things with my voice right next to the mic, you know, so that the room doesn't enter into it. But you still, if you're going to make an album, you still better start off in a professional studio. Kathy, you talk too much. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm, I'm actually just a little amazed. I don't know, just the 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 whole legend of it and and of you. And... I know. Yes, I am. It's true. <laughs> no, but honestly, really, really, I just we play this game on our our iPod, uh, where you know we plug it in and you just see what comes up and uh, uh-huh. we determine whether it's a, a good song or not. And uh, because of, I guess it came up on yours a couple of times ago. I've I've downloaded She's a lot of to Preston. Yes. A, a yeah. lot of your music for the now. visually impaired. On I, had, I had monkeys come up on. You, uh, yeah, yeah, you had to come up and, and I think it, I think it was you. You just may be the one was the song. That and came I'm like, up, you yeah. know what? I don't. I didn't have any at the time, and now I have it all on. There of now. the, do you see any pennies uh, from that? As she downloads some music off of iTunes from I'm the monkeys. I'm sure that if if the world were fair, <laughs> <laughs> I would. But no, oh, uh, that iPod sucks. iPod Well, you know the the model is. Changing. I, I'm not. I'm not fussy about that. There, uh, one of my uh, partners, you know, said, "What do you think about you know ripping off downloads?" He said, "Thieves, thieves, and robbers." And I go, "No, no. It's just the way the the creature is built now. You know, we don't. Used to be record companies put the bands out on the road for a break even in order to sell." Records, yeah, and now you make records in order to draw people into your shows. It's right? completely. We were talking yeah. about this. Yeah. The dynamic is as reversed, where mm-hmm. the the money is going to be in the performance, yeah. and and uh, and the album is in support of that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you need a little bit. You'd make a little, you know, a couple of hundred at a show from uh, selling them as souvenirs. But basically, right. yeah, basically, it's, hey, it's how ma- the other way around. How many? Uh, do because I got to imagine you you are probably for for many who were girls at the time now adult women. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. You're probably a holy grail at some point. The the Peter fans. Do you get uh, Do you get out at your shows? Someone who says I've I've been waiting mm-hmm. for this moment since. Yeah. The yeah. NBA, yeah. Yeah, like you. <laughs> no, I don't get no, that. I'm, I'm joking. Yeah. I'm joking. They, go, I'm they, they confuse me for you all the time. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, some kids come up to me. I'm your biggest fan. Oh, oh I got them coming in at 300 pounds. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a lot, you know, and it's it's funny, you know, I've been doing this uh, this this uh, touring with the with the band and uh, and meet and greets afterwards uh, in in units of a hundred of hundreds, now, yeah. not not thousands, which you can't do uh, meet and greets. You have to do lotteries or special purchases and what have you. But at 100 or 200, uh, well, 100 I can handle, 200 is too many. But uh, I think I probably autographed every Monkeys album that's ever been put out. Really? Wow. Just about, yeah. Some, and you probably see a lot, of, a lot of bootlegs and stuff too, right? I mean, there's... No, no bootlegs. No bootlegs? No, yeah, okay. Yeah. No. You know no. what's wild, Peters? I can imagine that you could, over the over the course of years, take a look at whoever the artist du jour is, the heartthrob du jour, uh, right now like a Justin Bieber, and seeing all these screaming girls going crazy, these appearances, and just go... Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> very much. Yeah, right, yeah. And I didn't understand it at first. You know, I went to a, a Beatles concert, and the girls were screaming. I said, this is the greatest musical group of all time. Why aren't you listening? Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, and I yeah. really had to come to grips with it. And I, I finally figured out, you know, the little girl comes in, and the screen door slams, and her mother gives her a ration for it, you know, and just says, shut up and express yourself and shut up. And, and the little girls are driving crazy. And, and at one place where they're allowed to give vent to the whole thing, they give vent to the whole whole thing and that's what it's all about it's the process speaking Mm -hmm. of the beatles were you uh as intimidated as one might be when you guys had uh, the chance to early on in your career as as you were hitting though uh had a chance to have an audience with those guys well it's interesting Uh, we met at a there was a there was an arranged kind of function and we we got to hang out with them for uh for an evening and it was pretty easy going you know it was you know mickey uh, uh, john lennon and uh george harrison came in singing the Hare krishna chant only going mickey mickey dolan's 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 mickey dolan's mickey dolan are you kidding Uh, no yeah and and, you know so it was all very easy going and uh and and uh to this day uh mickey hangs with uh, Paul and says, you know, what a great guy he is. Oh, that's cool. and, and And then, months later, I ran across John on the street and got tongue-tied. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Is yeah. that wild? Yeah, yeah. yeah. because... It, 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. you, you, there's also the legend of you guys, uh, you were the... F- the, the people who introduced, for the better part of the world, Jimi Hendrix, uh-huh. were there other musicians that came along the way that you were able? Because you, you all seem to be into... Being a conduit for good musicians. Well, we we uh, uh, I, Mike had uh, uh, Zappa on the show. Wow, Zappa, I, Zappa was on the Monkeys show. Don't uh, remember really? that. Yeah, uh, I think uh, what was it? Uh, Mike put on a, a big fake nose, and it was interesting. Mike and Zapp, Mike had you know beard and nose, and 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 was made up to look like uh, uh, like Frank. Yeah, and next to Frank, he looked like a baby. I mean, Zappa <laughs> was so fierce and driven, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. that Mike looked like a like a like a just you know all cuddly. And Zappa's wearing the skull cap, the the wool hat, and the monkey shirt. <laughs> That's funny. You, I mean, with that, with with those big names. We, you know, you could tell you guys obviously were, were 
just music fans. You're yeah. Just oh, yes. Absolutely. Great yeah, musicians yeah, yeah. and music. And I have to say, one of the things about the Monkees series as a whole was that it, one of the reasons that it flew was that the producers were Beatle fans, mm-hmm. which meant that they wanted to be part of all this. They weren't at, standing away, chomping a cigar, saying, the kids will love this. Yeah, right. yeah. They right. wanted to be in it. And so they were into some of the important stuff. You know, when somebody comes from the outside and they looks outside, they just pick up on the most obvious details and run with it. It's never real. But these guys were part of it. They wanted to be. The show holds up, and you can clearly see that they were they were influenced by uh, by Richard Lester, who directed mm-hmm. A Hard Day's Night and Help, and yeah. then that, that, all that staccato stuff. pacing. Yeah, it's yeah. very cool. The uh, Lennon used to say, you know, well, they're not the Beatles, are they? They're, they're the Marx Brothers, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, so there's something to that too, which which is which brings up another point. You know, we were uh, we got a lot of flack for the business of not making our own albums, but the Beatles and the Stones and uh, you know the Mamas and the Papas and people like that who were at the top of their own respective genres didn't give us any flack at all it was the second rank guys who yeah. were giving us a hard that's time. very wild that's interesting yeah. by the way i just saw this text that came in it says i met peter at the galaxy in summerdale years ago and i ended up going home with him <laughs> oh <laughs> no reaction from who peter is this guy <laughs> <laughs> well, did she sign her name? Uh, she didn't. No. No. Okay. Well, I, her number's on the screen. Yeah, Peter, we so do have her need number. To give her call, yeah. Yeah. She I'm, wants you to come meet little I'm, Peter. I'm being. <laughs> I'm, I'm, hey, hey. I'm, I'm. I'm being a good boy these days. Yes. Uh, I'm being faithful and true. <laughs> I am. I love it. Peter Twerk, thanks for being here. God, what a pleasure. You guys are such a joy to work with. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks, too, for the studio audience for not getting into the act. Nice. <laughs> What's new? Glad you asked. Muse. Everything that rocks. I'm 93.3 WNMR. You know what, man? This weekend, I was, uh, I could not stop thinking all weekend about the jam session with uh, Mike, Mike Portnoy. Mike Portnoy. Yeah, this is a world-class yep. drummer. You know, to, to, to frame it, think of somebody you, you would love to, whatever you do, whatever your hobby is, to be with the best of the best. That's the experience you had on yeah. Friday. Yeah. And, uh, and I was so uh, focused on what I was doing. Yeah. That I really didn't get a chance to pay attention to exactly what he was doing, and I've gone back and I've watched the video, and I'm like, oh my Blew you away? God, yeah, yeah, so fast, so amazingly fast. Let me ask you, are you proud of what you did? I am. Because I, I was I've quite been happy. Away. There, were, there were a couple of moments that, that I felt I, I made some mistakes I wasn't happy with, but uh, I, could, I, I, I gave everything I had, and I'll, I was happy with it. I'll give you an observation that I had. Your face during Quest Love... When you're playing with Quest Love was different. Yeah. There was a new drumming face I had never yeah. seen before. Yeah, I agree. Do you know really? what I'm talking about, yeah. Kathy? Yeah, it's like an angry it was, gopher. It was yeah. an open mouth, like yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know it, what you're talking about. And it was yeah. like, and and I wondered where that was coming from. Well, you know what? I was ha- I was having more fun. Yeah, and and part of the <laughs> part of the reason being is because I think uh, I think Mike and I. Uh, kind of connected a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we really there was like a genuine back and forth uh, friendship type conversation uh, that we were having, and and it was easy. And he was so light and fun, and 
poking fun at me like, you know, I'm going to kick your ass, you're going to go down and all that stuff. And I knew he was being in tongue-in-cheek about sure, it. Sure, sure. But, man, and, and I think he was having fun. He yeah, was. He, he was, was legitimately impressed at certain things that, that eluded me because I wasn't quite, you know, I'm, I'm not as savvy as you guys are uh, with the, the drums. He was he was impressed when I started playing the uh, the Toto song, Rosanna. Yes. He was kind of going on about that. He said, look at you playing that shuffle rhythm. That's awesome. I, shuffle rhythm. Is that something that's just like, what does that mean? <laughs> it's uh, On the hi-hat, it's uh, this da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
All right, it's right here. Right Go here? ahead. Okay. Yep. Are you ready? Here we yep. Go. It's even fast in slow motion. Yeah. Keep going. There's more. That's it. Unreal. <laughs> All right, then this is I think this is the one I'm I'm most proud of because he <laughs> he fires something off here and I, I come back with a little bit of it back to him. Now, his is much faster than mine though, but Yeah. I was happy. Casey with that. can do your your face. Uh, the, 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 yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Uh, that's the mouth <laughs> wide open. You're like Michael Jordan with his tongue out. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah, like yeah, you can't yeah. help it. You're in the zone. Yeah. Ron Jeremy with his junk out. Just like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, it yeah, goes yeah. on. But if you if you want to see the video of it, have we have we put a link to that up yeah, yet, yeah. Nick? We have uh, we have a short. It's only like four minutes long or something along those lines. And do you know what? It, it was I, so cool. I kept getting. I don't know if you guys did as well. Emails and, and uh, um, you know tweets and stuff from people asking. Okay, you you got that that deal. What would who would we want to encounter? And and you know my 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 dude's passed away. So I, I realized after reset now I have to come up with you gotta find somebody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So By the way, I guess Mark, Mike Portnoy would be an easy out. Thank you to uh, to Dave Wasikinen of the Hooters. He sent me a really nice email. Oh, cool. He saw the video and he's like, dude, you effing ruled so awesome. I, I preached from one professional drummer to a you know a guy who does it just for fun i really appreciate did that. you send it to steel panther i didn't know you know i was waiting for the edited version of the video um and and uh beth and nick are going to give me the entire portion of when mike and i were playing together i'm going to send that over to sticks it in you and the mm-hmm. gang over at uh at steel panther and uh see what he has to say about it pressure damn good drummer steve Thanks, um man. second and none in, in uh, comedy make oh, people you. laugh your timing the rest of us Really no talents. <laughs> I would not say that. Speak what? for yourself. I would not say that. Kathy is a phenomenal dancer. She's a great, yeah. yeah. I'm dancing just good is at her. everything. You know Case, I mean? do you have a thing? Do you have a, a he does. thing? Well, I know he's got a thing. He does. I mean, thing. You know, he peepees out of it. A thing. <laughs> um, no, and that's what I was thinking. There's like, nothing? No, like I can, carry, I can carry a tune. Yeah. I can sing Happy Birthday on key. Right. Um, but there's nothing. I, I have enough rhythm to get me through a wedding. Um and uh, but I mean a, a passion that you followed and, do, do you know and what kind of nope. honed. No, you know, but I will say this, and I, I think I was talking about over the weekend with my neighbor who I just found out like did theater. The only thing I was ever really committed to, as far as hobbies were concerned, was the plays in high school. Yeah, like when, even when I played little league sports and all that sort of stuff, like I was a little bit afraid of getting hit by a pitch or, or getting tackled too hard. Like I would skip practices. I would have these lame excuses for you know not oh. showing up on my pads. The only thing that I ever was like er, state got there early for, stayed late for, and all that stuff were the high school plays. I would tell you, you're, you remind me in a way of and people may not be rem, might not remember Jimmy Durante, <laughs> probably don't, but he was. Um, he was a, a master, not a master of anything, but but uh, like a full blown package as far as he jack can do of all trades, right? Jack of all trades. You can do the comedy. You, you can actually sing. You have a good good voice. Um, you know, you're you're you, you've got sort of that comprehensive thing going on. Yeah, but I have nothing that I'm like an expert on. Like, even but there's, there's the point. Yeah. It's like sometimes you know, I, I always I've always known what I in, I've always loved comedy. I've always enjoyed it all my life. I've never not I've never questioned what yeah. my Capability. I mean, you know, sometimes I was what would wonder if I was good enough, but I always knew where I wanted to go. Right. For someone who doesn't, it's got to be difficult to kind of say, 
What am I good at? You know, Chuck D'Amico called me out uh, as you know for being a poser on something. Uh, you know, a few months ago, and what and was it was it? Uh, the banjo? No, no. Um, uh, being a beer guy, you know, and I was like, oh man, and and, and I really had no, uh, I had no defense because for as much as I liked the craft beer scene. There was so much that I didn't know about it. And then I applied that to everything else that I loved in life, whether it be the band Fish or, yeah. you know, movies or, you know, blah, 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 blah. I was like, wow, you know, like. You, you can't I, beat yourself up over that stuff, though, man. It's part of the, to be honest, it's part of the reason why I kind of, uh, I, I pulled back on on uh, sports uh, because I used to love football. I still love hockey, but when I get around people who are that's what they live for. Yeah. That's all they know about. They know everything about it. It makes me go, well, why even try that? Mm-hmm. Why, why do I, why am I even kidding myself? And you it made enjoy me Enjoy it at your level. Stuff. And the, yeah. also in your mind, you know, you, you have all those pictures of old girlfriends on your phone. Yeah. Right? You right. always fall back yeah. on that. And that's how I feel about sports too, because I do <laughs> love pretty much, you know, all sports. I, I love the Eagles and I love the Phillies, I love the Flyers and the, I love the Sixers. But there, there are some, like I was talking to my brother about this. I couldn't name the entire starting lineup of the 93 Phillies. Are you I, out of your goddamn mind? They went to the World Series, and I can't name the starting lineup? Listen, but there's a difference between... <laughs> it's only nine There's guys. a difference between your, your, your hobby, your fascination... I can't now. Or that's that's an ability. Yeah, I can. Preston's drumming. Yeah. What do you have, Nick? What yeah, is what's, your what's your, th- thing? your thing? I'm a really good sleeper. Um, <laughs> terrific in bed. You are not. I'm a good listener. No, he means sleeping. <laughs> yeah, both. <laughs> no, man. Like uh, you have I'm, a natural talent. Oh. I'm kind of like uh, Casey. I'm, I'm uh, you know, I, I'm a dilettante. I, I dabble in a lot of different things. And, master, uh, master, perhaps of none, but uh, very adept at many. Yeah, I get a double-headed dilettante. <laughs> <laughs> Casey, yeah. you are the best Words with Fens player I've ever met. You're hey, also there the, you go. You're the best uh, Connect Four player I've ever met. Oh, uh, none better. You have, you have um, a, a particular skill set. What did Kathy say? What I said, oh, board, no, I said board games. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. you were trying to knock me down a peg. No, no she's been trying to build you up. <laughs> Thanks, man. I'm trying she's to find right next to me. Here. I've been hearing good things from her about you. You know what? Connect Four. I'll take Connect Four because I'm pretty damn good at Connect Four. Why not Words with Friends? Because I'm my my little brother has been handing me my ass a lot oh, okay. lately. Even though I beat him by 169 points yesterday, yeah, it's the first time I've beaten him. Really, really good at though. But I mean, no, it's uh, you know some people don't have a. I, I personally, yeah, I, I'm not a working musician, but I will always be a musician. You know, I do right. have that thing going for me, which is pretty cool. Darren Dalton was the catcher. Uh, <laughs> yes. John Crock was first base. Mickey Morandini at second. Uh, Kim uh, Batiste. No, Kim Batiste and Dave Hollins uh, third. Uh, at third. Uh, shortstop was Kevin Stocker. Left field was. Um, Pete Cavilla? Uh, no, that was right field. Uh, help him. Uh, oh, oh. He's I thought we were you. doing this together. No, right right field it. was a platoon of Jim Eisenreich and uh, West Chamberlain. Left field was Milt Thompson and, uh, and Pete Cavilla. And center field was uh, Lenny Dykstra. So there you go. He's got it. He can do it. Be your starting pitcher. Thing. Kurt Schilling, Tommy Green, um, Ben Rivera, uh, Ben Gazzara, Ben Gazzara, John Cassavetes, John Cassavetes. Falk, (laughs) Danny Jackson. Thank you, Chuck. And Uh, I'm missing one. uh, And then uh, he had. but how can I call Mitch myself? Williams was your closer. How can I call myself a Phillies fan and not be able to name the starting I don't think lineup? You, I don't think you can. But the good thing is, right? you, you, don't, you don't have to call yourself, and no one else will either. So yeah, it, it's all point. set. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> you don't have to worry anyway. about it. Yeah. Then so, Kathy's dancing and cooking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about Marissa? We're leaving her out. 
She's Marissa. a really good singer. Go ahead, sing, Marissa. <laughs> <laughs> um, What's your thing? I, I was kind of hoping you guys wouldn't come to me because I don't know. I'm I'm a decent cook. I can do that, but I wouldn't consider that like my thing. Do you do you feel? It's a, I don't know if this is uh, interesting to anybody else, but but do you feel? Is it a point of I don't know, not sadness, but. Because you can't lock on to something. Are you sad about your life? Is yeah. what he's saying. In other words, do you realize what a train wreck your life is? No. <laughs> I've been no. On do, it do you wish you had a skill? Do you wish you had something that was that you could immediately identify as the Marissa attribute? Yeah, it's really funny. I don't want to delve into this, but when I was a little kid, I, I would hate writing about myself. Like the days where you had to go into school and write like a personal essay, I yeah. used to like call out sick. I okay. hate writing about myself. So like even trying to think of something right now, I'm like I'm, I'm really good at Twitter. I don't know. <laughs> I think I think Marissa. This is, um, uh, uh, you have an uncanny ability uh, for an attention to detail. Organizationally and everything, I think you are uh, exemplary at that. Uh, your ability to uh, to jump into a situation and work it is, is fantastic. Thank it's you. something that I do not have. Thank if you, you need to know anything about the city, talk to Marissa. You, yeah. you know what else? And if you go anywhere in the city... If you're with Marissa, your time is better. And, and if you go out to, like, social events, she knows everybody, and she is uh, not afraid to go up to people and, and say, you know, remind them or, or say hi. And a lot of people know her as a result. So that Kathy is has impressive. that, too. Kathy's very good at it as well, but Marissa's out more. By yeah. the way, this text message person is claiming that they are a master at baiting. Oh. oh. Master at baiting. So yeah. they're yeah. fishermen. Master at baiting, yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, you know, I, I think everybody should have a skill or a hobby or, or something that uh, that is considered their thing to do. Yeah. And listen, if you, you know, my my wife has uh, has started taking drum lessons. That's awesome. Uh, and here she is, you know, she's she's thirty nine years old and now just now decided she wants to do it. Part of it is because my uh, my son is taking drum lessons and she wants something to share with him. But I mean, it's it's not too late to go and. Take a class or, you know, find somebody who can help you out with, with certain things. And, and uh, If you've suspected you might have a, uh, a natural ability to, to move along, give it a shot. Yeah. Exactly. Would you have a drum off with the wife? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, you... I practice with her. So. Do you? Oh, yeah. very cool. So it's very cool. All right. So anyhow, thank you, Mike Portnoy, once again for, for, for letting me Teaching us about ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> I think we've learned a lot here. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's pretty awesome. Uh Real quick, completely side topic, yes. totally off uh, from what we were talking about. I have noticed this lately. This has been happening at our house a couple of times, and I wanted to see if you guys have had a similar thing happen. Because, Casey, not long ago, you were talking about phone solicitors calling mm-hmm. uh, on your cell phone, On I my think. cell phone. All right, now, this hasn't happened on my In cell phone. In a hardware In store. In a hardware <laughs> store. No, but I've gotten a call. This happened, I think, three times at our house from a phone solicitor of some sort. Something, you call her ID, you know, it comes up 888, blah, 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 whatever Right, right, right. Pick up the phone, and it's a message that says, you know, um, hi, you know, this is uh, so-and-so. We've got some important information for you. But right now, all of our operatives are busy. Could oh, you yeah. please hold? <laughs> they solicit a call. Yeah, I'll wait. And put you on hold. <laughs> no. I've never no. heard you know, of that before. You first tip yeah. off that it's that it's something Nefarious shady. Or, yeah, they identify themselves as so and so. No, they don't actually <laughs> say the oh. words so and so. I just can't remember what okay. it is. Yeah. No, I, what they're doing is they have a bank of of. Uh, Lines yes. that robo call out, and they have the people sitting there, and they wait until they see a line go green, and then they pick up. But what are the chances? That's, that's outlandishly that you're going to sit there, a no, to deal with a, a phone solicitor when you've got something going, and b actually wait for them to get on the phone. Uh, you know what? If you've got something to say and you want to say, you better say it pretty damn quick. I'll tell you, I've on, never heard of this. Before. On average, of the amount of calls that come in on my landline at home. 
of the ones that I will actually pick up because they're people that I'm legitimately want to talk to or people that I have an actual interaction with. Yeah. Maybe two out of the twenty or twenty five calls that come into the house a day are either there from 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 uh, charities that we already donate to. That yes. pisses me off. Charities I'm already donating to yeah. call me up. Right. It's like. Why didn't you check your account? Yeah, right. check the last time I my, gave you money. Yeah, and, and it's I'll, there. I'll give you money again. And, and, yeah, the only people that call my house that we have ever answer the phone is uh, my in-laws and, and my parents, and that's it. Are you, do you you have a landline. We have a landline. And and also, I don't know if you guys have the same type of phone that I have, but it, it talks, so it goes, you know, you have a call from. Yes. And it'll say the number or where Unknown. It's, yeah, unknown. But so every now and again, we get a call from Philadelphia, but my, the computer voice goes, you have a call from Philadelphia, PA. <laughs> Philadelphia, yeah. PA. I'm like, you can't. I'm, I'm pretty, always yeah. Stephen Morrison or Claren Morrison. <laughs> On my uh, in my car's uh, uh, system, uh, when I when I pull up phones via a voice uh, activation, like Chuck D'Amico is Chuck D'Amico. <laughs> Do you get that too, Chuck D'Amico? Yeah, Chuck and, and D'Amico. You, you have to say it that way too. Yes. So when I'm like, hey, call Chuck D'Amico's soul. Yeah, yeah, Nick, yeah. Same thing. Nick. It's Nick. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, <laughs> you know what? I'm not sure what yours comes up as. Steve has said mine is like Mick what the F, right? Yes. So, yeah. my, Nick's name in my contact book is Nick Mick what the F, but the full word. So my my uh, my system will say Nick Mick what the and say the word. I had to change my, my wife and my cell phone. I used to have her listed as wifey. And my um, car didn't recognize that, and Siri didn't recognize it, so I had to, so I had to drop it to wife. Really? Yeah. Why not just Diane? Um, well, because our, you know, our pet names for each other were hubby and wifey, uh. so it was wife, and then, you know, I don't know why it's not Diane. Get off my back. <laughs> so I was trying to make it easier for you. What, what do you have? What do you have? Nick McWhorthy have? What yeah. do you have? Kathy has? Bitch. <laughs> Still? Man, yeah. I, didn't know, I didn't know. And I forget. I was looking for myself or something. I said, let me, can I use your phone real quick? I need to call my phone. Yeah. And so I just dialed my number real quick. <laughs> and it, I was like, really? You have me in here as bitch? He's like, oh, yeah. He's yeah, like, you didn't know that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. I got, yeah, that's what I, what I have you. Great. That's funny. I love that. I love that. Uh, Hang on. Let me go to Ross. Hey, Ross. What's going on, man? Yo, Gadzooks. Gadzooks. What's up, bud? Oh, man. I wake up very early in the morning to go to work. I wake up at 20 to 4 every day, Mm -hmm. and I do it like six days a week. And I got an a-hole text last night to be a secret shopper at midnight. (laughs) I kid you not. That's nightmarish. It wasn't something I wanted to do. My my wife will be alerted by a robocall that um, Coach is having a special shopping weekend. Mm -hmm. You know, so that... would I take that, though? You take that call. I'll take this. Yes, hello. What are the uh, (laughs) times and locations, please? Do you guys turn your um, the sound off on your phone when you go to bed? Yeah. I don't even have it in the room. You don't? I, I don't have a phone in my room because I need my sleep. I keep it the I, I turn the text vibrate off, but I'll keep just in case of emergencies or whatever because I don't have a landline, so I'll keep the uh, the phone ringer on. The, but but I won't have the text. I on. leave it all on. Do you? We don't get calls past a certain point. In time. But what about texts? I mean, every now and then people will text you, us, and I don't get. I, I mean, I have my phone with me. I just get text uh, a, a minimum of texts. Let me ask you this: If for some reason the phone does ring. At uh, you know two thirty three o'clock in the morning, whatever. Anybody Who's dead? Is, is, yeah, that's yep. Was I'm scared, yeah. scared crapless, yeah. scared crapless. Yeah. Whatever yeah, like, that happens, who died? Yeah, who or that it? I think I missed the midnight shopping event. Yeah. Just, <laughs> right? Did I? Yeah, miss yeah. That? Oh my god, I missed out. That's terrifying. No, but immediately, yep. I, I, I think yeah. somebody died. Yeah, and then because the 
bad news travels yeah. fast. That yep. or someone from college is out and they're drunk. Oh, yeah. yeah. Casey, tell the story about Marissa. Oh, 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 you got to yeah. tell this. Oh, yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is too good Here, to keep. In fact, I have the timestamp on my cell phone, but it was uh, Thursday. Did you have the message? No, because oh, it, was, it, was a, it was a text message okay. uh, that I got on Thursday. It just says... Um, <laughs> Well, we do. It was uh, after the call, right? It was, uh, yeah. And, and I didn't even notice that she wasn't on the conference call. It was at 6.48 p.m. Uh, p.m. 6.48 I get, p.m. I get a text that says, whoops, overslept in my way. Meaning I, I <laughs> on, on my, my way. way. So I look at it because I had sent her an email uh, earlier and I thought yeah. she was, it was in reference to that. I'm like, oh, man, she's she thinks it's 6 o'clock in the morning. So I call her to let her know. Right. I should have let her drive in. I should <laughs> have. I should <laughs> have. My guess is, is that had she have cut out, she would have picked it up somewhere along the way. Right? I don't know. It was dark. It was dark, out, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so I call her up, and she answers the phone. She goes, oh, my God. I, when I sent you that text, I thought it was 545. It's 645. I'm, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. So still, I mean, she still has no idea. And I'm like, Marissa. It's 6.45 at night. <laughs> and she was like, oh, my God, I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> because of daylight savings and everything. Yeah. I was so mad. I knew it had to happen before daylight savings, and it was literally the last time it could happen. Because I did see that it was Thursday. Yeah. But I shouldn't Like, I woke up, and my TV was on, and Brian Williams was on, so I should have known that it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, April Fool's Day. We're switching everything around, and then kids are going to do the news. Later on. But yeah. Marissa had that midnight gig at Taco Bell the night before, so oh, she was like, you know, oh, all messed up with sleep. But it yeah. also, wow. she still does this thing where she's sleeping in shifts. And I had the same problem when, you know, I was kind of like the same age and wasn't married, didn't have kids and all that sort of and stuff. And you were a woman. I was a woman. Yeah. But I would sleep basically four hours in the afternoon and four hours at night. And that's how I got my eight hours of sleep every day. But there were so many times where I would wake up. Not knowing when I was, you know, I, yeah. I had no idea what time of the day it was, you know, or anything, you know, and it's it's sort of a tough way to live. It's a great video. Uh, it's years old from way back. Uh, but a, a kid, it's on a Saturday, uh, wakes up, It you know, for somehow or another slept all day, wakes up at like 8 p.m. and it's still it's like twilight um so he thinks it's eight o'clock in the morning yeah and he goes into his dad he's like dad i'm sorry we gotta go you gotta take me to school you gotta drive to school. and the dad's like okay i'll yeah all right yeah let's go get going get your clothes on come on let's go and he whips out his, his camera his, his video yeah, camera yeah. and films it and he's they're driving down the road the kid thinks they're on the way to work and they pull up and he's like Dad, why is Dave out mowing his lawn right now this early in the morning? And they pull up next to him and they start talking. He's like, yeah, we're on our way to school. And the kid slowly, it starts to unravel and dawns <laughs> on the kid. Great. It's very, very <laughs> funny. I'm going to see if I can track that down and, and find that for you. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. 
will start. Several stories to get to. We'll begin with this one. When a 100-pound shipment of lobsters arrived at Bill Cerro's Seafood Shop and Restaurant last month, it contained a surprise. Six orange crustaceans that had been said to be a one in ten million oddity. Six of them? Yeah, and just getting one of them is a one in ten million oddity. And they got six of them. He said, my butcher was unloading them and said they sent us cooked dead lobsters. But he's the owner of uh, Fresh Cat Seafood in uh, Mansfield, Massachusetts. He then picked one up and it crawled up his arm. Wow. Reports of odd colored lobsters used to be rare in the lobster fishing grounds of New England and Atlantic Canada. Normal lobsters are mottled greenish brown. But in recent years, accounts of bright blue, orange, yellow, calico, and even split lobsters, one color on one side and one on the other, have jumped up. Uh, Thank you, pollution. It's now common to hear several stories a month of of a lobster man bringing one of the quirky crustaceans to shore. Lobster man! And it's anybody's guess why more oddities are popping up in lobster traps. They're all different colors. Something's wrong. Something's wrong! It's Lobster Man. He's (laughs) very, very angry because God made him this cruel joke. It says here it could be simply because advances in technology, cell phone cameras, and social media make it easier to spread the word about bizarre lobster sightings. So the cell phones are making the lobsters different colors? It's also more likely weird lobsters are being caught because the overall harvest has soared in So Maine. Instagram. Uh, the catch has grown fourfold in the past 20 years, nearly 105 million pounds last year. But that's why chop, uh, lobsters are very, very cheap right now. They're yeah. very cheap. However, yeah. they don't transport well. They don't, they don't stay fresh. Uh, so, so you know, they, they can't get them out to the different areas and then keep the prices down. Catching a blue lobster, one in two million. Uh, orange, one in ten million. Priceless. Ten million, ten million, ten million. Lobsters. <laughs> ten million, ten, ten, ten million, ten, ten million, million lobsters. lobsters. Ten million, ten million, ten million. Lobsters. <laughs> Yellow and orange and black calico lobsters have been pegged at one in 30 million. Split colored varieties, one in 50 million. Any and plaids? White, the rarest of all, one in 100 million. Whoa. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think I could kill a, a blue lobster. would be amazing. The, the blue looks cool. Yeah, orange I'd beat with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> but blue. Yeah. A man who took pills to help cure his baldness has claimed they turned him into a woman. <laughs> While William McKee's hair failed. Took the wrong pills. I have a full head of hair now. It's just that I'm a chick. Uh, While <laughs> William McKee's hair Failed to grow back. The father of one said that he developed breasts and his hips began to widen. Months after he sensed well, there you go. his shape was changing, he became a cross-dresser and went by the name of Mandy well, as he wore a woman's clothes. Listen, you, this, you could have stopped using it yeah. by the time you became a woman. Yeah, the former Silicon Valley entrepreneur said that he did not have any hidden desire to be a cross-dresser. Before Al, I couldn't help but notice you're a woman. Taking a genetic version. Of the hair growth pill called Propecia. He claims the pills, which he took once a day for nine months, radically changed the hormonal balance of his body, and he is now considering a full sex change. He said his baldness. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? I mean, 
that had to be something that was in the uh, the itinerary to begin with. He yeah. said no. Just because you just casually start using Propecia and develop feminine attributes, that logically goes to full sex change? He said his baldness was hereditary and hoped the pills would restore his thinning hair. But well, after, I figured what the hell, I'll become a woman. But after almost <laughs> yeah, a month. Right? Yeah. <laughs> after almost a month on the pills, he said his hair growth was minimal, but the feminine a- effects were pronounced. Instead of losing my chest hair, I figured why not become a woman? Put some my, lipstick on. <laughs> he said my rock hard chest from the gym began to soften, <laughs> reaching the point where I had noticeable breasts even under my clothing. Yeah, my penis fell off. My shoulders were literally falling into a more feminine position, and my hips were loosening and becoming wider as a woman as on a woman's body. <laughs> McKee so, said he's... So now I'm a lobster and a woman! This is ridiculous. McKee's, I've never heard of feminine shoulders before. Yes, it's a great band from the 60s. <laughs> they were like new shoes. McKee said that he started to cross-dress... We are feminine shoulders! <laughs> <laughs> Sloping and not muscular. <laughs> McKee... <laughs> <laughs> McKee said he started to cross-dress and call himself Mandy as the pills meant he felt more feminine than female than male. You know, Chet, uh, I'm not a doctor, but why don't you stop using that? Uh, he wears a blonde wig, makeup, and tight dresses what, now. What, and lose my hair? Nick, you have feminine shoulders. Oh, thank you. Yeah. i <laughs> working out. <laughs> By the way, Propecia inhibits the conversion of testosterone, <laughs> resulting in increased estrogen, and millions of men have used it since <laughs> But it has been linked... To sexual problems such as impotence, loss of libido, and genital shrinkage, as well as cognitive impairment or brain fog, which McKee believes he also suffered. Lawsuits filed in 27 states by men who say the wonder drug screwed up their sexuality have been linked together in Brooklyn federal court. Wow. So there's a class action suit. Yeah. That say this is turning you... uh, None of the guys look like their original license photos. Female. And then finally, we'll end with this. A Georgia woman dialed 911 over a bad mugshot photo and wanted a second take. So she called the emergency-only number to complain and asked police to give her another chance at a photo. Here's a woman who could be using some propitia. Have you seen the pictures? Yep, they did. After they arrested Tanya Fowler again, this time for unlawful use of the emergency services. I didn't have any makeup on. Clogging the knife. I looked a total wreck. Line with her reshoot I want to look pretty for my picture. And it wasn't the only time she called 911 operators that day. Before the mug flop, mugshot flop, she uh-huh. called to report that she needed a place to keep her sleeping bags. I need a place to keep my sleeping bag. <laughs> oh, I look a total wreck. Let me put on some makeup. That'll be much better. Holy and you should see God. the second picture. Yeah. It's not any better. It's worse. Looks like she was beaten with a shovel. Apparently, she, the residents of a random house wouldn't let Fowler keep her sleeping bags in their home. God damn it. The 911... <laughs> Don't have any room for my sleeping bag. See if you can find the second picture. Yeah, wait till you see the what what she when she well I can fix my face. So I they, put in my good eye. Yeah. So, so they wouldn't let Fowler <laughs> keep her sleeping bags in her home. The nine one one calls for non emergency issues finally added up and equaled another arrest. So they got her in there. They took a picture. There was a side by side picture that showed yeah. her after her maid. You know, after she was able to just you know throw on some makeup and. Look all girly. If you can guys can find that, it's a stunning transformation. Yes, it is. And the second picture, she looks like Heidi Klum. Right. All right, and there you go. That is what I have in the bizarre file. There you go. Oh, wow. in this oh my second god. Second picture. She's yeah. all made up now. Looking much better. <laughs> Good god. She looks like Don Vito. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you're a runway model. What happened to the uh, to the criminal that was here? Don Vito Bre- uh, Bam's uh, yeah. uncle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of. <laughs> all right. Anyhow. 
President Steve Show Podcast. Wait, turn up the sound. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. This is cool. It's a pretty rare event that you'll have the opportunity to see one of the most beloved shows in Las Vegas. From Penn and Teller, please welcome oh, Pendulette. I was so excited about who you were talking about. I was thinking, oh, wow, the most beloved act in Vegas. I guess Wayne Newton's playing Atlantic City. Siegfried Roy, this is great. After he got his head bit off by a tiger, now he's coming to a, This is going to be cool. Man, the disappointment it's when you. my name rang out was horrible. I was just so And I'm going to be there, too. Yeah. This will be great. Hey. one of the most beloved acts. In I happen to be there and oh. hope they're going on late, you know, after us right. or something. I, right. I guess it'll be another night at the White House subs. <laughs> I guess no one's playing Atlantic City interesting to me. You had mentioned Wayne Newton, who used to be the... the Titanic star du jour out there, and it, there's really besides you guys and a few others who who really well, come I mean, in, who owns Vegas. At you this have point? to remember why Wayne Newton was huge. Yes. Wayne Newton was so popular because at 12 years old he put out a song that celebrated date rape, and the combination. <laughs> I recall. I recall Central Park and Fall, tore your mess, tore your dress, what a mess. I recall that's not all, Don't Shane. That's <laughs> German fur, thank you. I yeah. mean, that, and a 12-year-old wow. boy singing that. And a lot of people think that reality shows in the 21st century invented creepy. And I say, no, no, no. 12-year-old boy singing Central Park and Fall, tore your dress, what a mess. I recall it's right. all, Don't Shane. In German, it's kind of like... Like right now, yeah. if Justin Bieber sang that and then ended with the Arabic word for thank you. you know, it kind of has that feeling. Kind of a person, you know, wow. kind of a language of a country we were fighting with. Right. Maybe, you know, Don Shane after tore your dress. Not even like, oh, your dress was a little bit rumpled. Right. Well, rumpled is not in there. Right. Rumpled doesn't, rumpled your dress, what a mess. Then it's kind of okay. Yeah. But that's why he rocketed to stardom. I had Penn wow. and Teller at 12 years old. Old, not willing to do kind of a lighthearted <laughs> foreign enemy language romp into date rape. So that slowed down. That's why he is the superstar wow. in Vegas. We're a little bit below. But now that it's in context, I appreciate you it. You have a lot to understand more. this wow. stuff. And I will, don't even get me started on Daddy Don't Walk So Fast. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, was, there are a lot of creepy songs. The Mike Douglas song, uh, The Man in My Little Girl's the man, Life. The Man. The Man. Man, no. Yeah. Man in My Little Girl's Life, kind of, sort of okay. Yeah, yeah. Man and in my little girl's life. You know, the legion in my little girl's life. You know, yes, there was a lot of... It wow. was a very creepy time I'll, in America. I'll have you know I'm feeling a little filthy right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Because I used to love those songs. Yeah, I'm going to destroy them all for you. I have to tell you... I want to get to Beaver Cleaver or not? <laughs> you want to... Wanna... I, I went on a, uh, on a, uh, a, a sort of a, a jag watching... Um, all of the fool us, a lot of the clips from that uh, that series. Yeah. I which, love, which by the way is illegal. I know I, it's completely illegal. I owe you money. <laughs> However, love that show and 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 love the, the the genius of of the concept. And I and I was trying to think about why um, magic and and you guys do it all the time in York. You'll explain how an illusion, how a trick that you do works. Yep. And that. to me, and some people say, well, isn't that doesn't that ruin? No, to me that that is brilliant. It shows yeah. the mindset and the intelligence that goes into doing these uh, these particular and things. And also, there's often a bigger lie. I mean, when Teller and yeah. I you know, do our show tonight, we, we there are tricks we'll give away. And the tricks we give away are the tricks that are the most complex and the most interesting. And that lie makes you think 
that all the other stuff we're doing has methods that's, that are that interesting, too. It's so wild. It, does, it does help put you down the garden path. What I find most interesting, even if it's revealed how an illusion or, or something like that is done, is the skill that it takes to be able to pull that off. Even if you know how they're doing it and you still are watching them See how do they it are? so deftly, yeah. it's insanely impressive. Yeah, you know, we try to uh, we try to make it, you know, because uh, you know, Jerry Seinfeld uh, once said that all magic is, here's a quarter, now it's gone, you're a jerk, now it's back, you're an idiot, show's over. <laughs> and uh, in order to not have that feeling, you right. to show respect for your audience, you, you've got to, you know, break a few of the rules so you're not just a, you know, greasy guy that talks with a lot of birds torturing women in front of Mylar, the bad rip-off Motown music. You want to be a little something different from that. I, I think you've achieved that, yeah. I, I want to ask you about BS, because we, we love that show, and I take it as Bible, and, and the way... The That's reason... the way to take it. Well, sorry. Raise my hand. Right. That's the way to take it. <laughs> and, and part of the reason why is that um, I, I took, for example, a, a logic class in college, and, and the ability to discern when somebody is lying to you or, or an argument that has no merit is a really difficult thing to do. Some mm-hmm. people are, are good at arguing a lie, or arguing it from a point of ignorance. You guys break that down so well and so... Um in such a fashion that that makes sense to me that that I really appreciate it how did you come about learning a way to to destroy somebody else's uh, a point if, if they weren't right if they weren't logical well you know what we wanted to do on showtime was a uh, was a pro uh, a pro science show we wanted to do a pro science show on entertainment network and so the way you do that is Naked breasts. Right. Yes. Solves all Thank your problems. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank you for finally yeah. cutting to the chase. Yeah. That, that is the most important thing. And then we found, you know, I want to do the show. The most important show to me was to do the uh, anti-anti-vaccine show. Right. You know, that's something that, you know, babies are dying mm-hmm. because of bad pop culture. You know, because right. of people putting on nuts who talk about this. So, you know, they said to me, well, we just don't think that anti-anti-vaccines is sexy. And, of course, when someone's told you yeah. saving babies isn't sexy, <laughs> the argument you're set up for there is very, very odd. Sure. Because if you say, yes, it is sexy, you're a creep. If <laughs> <laughs> you say, no, it isn't se-. So I said, you know, we will get someone with larger breasts than Jenny McCarthy, <laughs> topless, talking about the pro side. And that stuff. sold it? And that sold that it like sold that. It. That's all you need. Well, the, the, the levity and, and the fact that you're able to use comedy to take on topics like that uh, is 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 great, I, and I was thinking about that show in particular. You guys are both students of uh, uh, of Houdini, sure. And Houdini basically started the first version of BS. He, he used to go after Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, well, Houdini was really a very. Inter- I mean, when you look back on the 20th century, you know, 100 years from now, and we look at the most important entertainer of the 20th century, it is pretty much down to Houdini or Elvis, right? Right. And yeah. uh, Houdini's already in the dictionary as to pull a Houdini. Yeah. And if you go out on the street right now. And ask them to name magicians. Uh, everybody will name Houdini. Yeah. If you ask them to name musicians, they won't name Elvis. Right. And uh, uh, Houdini was a superstar. And then when his mother died, which is you know a turning point, I think in many people's lives, mm-hmm. what was for me when his mother when his mother died, he was so appalled. At people like Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote all the Sherlock Holmes books. Right. Um, coming to him with, you know, messages from his mom from the beyond. And it uh, it just made him so crazy. That he went from being the world's most famous escape artist magician to the world's most famous 
buster right. of uh, of uh, of these people that were lying. And at his time when he was doing this, these these people who were doing these sorts of seances and, and things of this nature were, were big stars in their own right. Oh, yeah, very big stars. And also, uh, he was, at the time, in a very direct way, attacking religion. I mean, yeah. spiritualism at that uh, the early part of the 20th century was, uh, was a real religion of the time. And he was coming out and calling it humbug. Right. Which was certainly as uh, as big a deal as you know saying BS in the 21st century. Why hasn't there been a definitive Houdini movie? There, there hasn't been. Uh, I mean, Paul Michael Glazer did a, a made for TV yeah, that was so Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all had really important wrong information, like how he died. <laughs> right. You know, uh, the classic uh, the, story. The, the great thing is that some of the made for TV movies have had him coming back from the dead, which is which is which is, <laughs> that which is kind of great. What's well, kind of like saying, let's do a biopic on Jefferson, and we'll have him working for the English. Okay. Yeah. He'll be working on the side of Britain. Wow. That's, way, that's the Jefferson we see. We can swear. It? Well, no. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They would. They they had the. Uh, they had where I, I don't know if it was the Glazer one or the one after that. They do have you know him coming back from the dead because that would make people more comfortable. <laughs> very very funny. That's wild. Uh, I don't know why there hasn't been. You know, I I, I think um, it's because they want to see it not as a story of a, a great man. Yeah. But because his name has become so powerful, I think that the 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 to turn him into. A superhero is uh, is the is the desire. I got gotcha. you. It's very hard to balance that. But they're doing a musical version of it, written oh, by right. Aaron Sorkin. We well, could, oh boy. <laughs> 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 because it'll be very fun to look at Houdini's liberal politics. Because, <laughs> you know, he was essentially a Democrat. There you go, yeah. I, I was just going to ask about your, your knowledge of other magicians uh, in the world currently. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what your thoughts are on the Chris Angels and uh, the David Blaines and the, I don't know, John Dorn bosses of the world. Chris Angel or well, you David know, I, I, I know Chris and, yeah. uh, and, and David forever. You've and, interviewed. Uh, I, I, yeah, he, yeah, was, yeah. He, was on, he was on my show. And, uh, you know, the, the, the nutty thing about them is that when you're doing magic, you are saying to people, what I am doing is lo- is lies. I'm yes. doing all lies. And you build this proscenium where you say, I'm going to lie. And the really wacky thing about especially David Blaine, and then Chris Angel kind of carried this on, is they said, you know, I know that last year I was doing card tricks, but now I'm going to hold my breath and that's not a trick. Yeah. No, no, really. Really. Those card tricks, I'm, no, no, really. Yeah. Now it's real. And it seems so odd to me that you've set yourself up. I mean, if you're going to uh, claim that what you're doing is real, don't start claiming you're a magician. I mean, you know... Uh, it's Chris a contextual saying, shift, yeah. I, I used to do card tricks. Now I'm going to hang by my nipples on fish hooks. And you go... <laughs> Okay, Chris. <laughs> okay, uh, and this this is uh, goes. And you, and you go, oh, and I won't be cheating on anything. And you go, okay. So the steamroller rolling over you, that's real, but the card trick is fake. Okay, we got you, Chris. How did Houdini though made it work with? Uh, he would do his what was regular magic, but he did do stunty things. That, not on not on that. Well, you know that's the argument they right. would use, yeah. but no, yeah. you know uh, Houdini did. Uh, he didn't do any. I mean, with the exception of kind of this Norman Mailer creepy punch me in the stomach, see how tough sure. I am, dog. Because Shane, right. uh, he, was, uh, <laughs> uh, he, he mostly did. Uh, uh, he would do stuff that had tricks involved. Okay, you know? yeah. He was. He would. He would do stuff that took a little bit of endurance. But the idea, uh, for instance, David Blaine being in a box. 
uh, not eating. Right. Now, being in a box not eating, I mean, supposedly (laughs) not eating, uh, and getting thinner is to me not a trick. Right. Being in a box not eating and getting wicked fat, that would be a good trick. You know, it's very, Taylor very and true. I shoot guns at each other. Yes. Yes. If we shot guns at each other, got hit in the face, died, not a trick. Yeah. Right. I want to know how you Shooting do that. Guns, being okay, yeah. that's a trick. And there's a basic misunderstanding. Hanging by your nipples from a helicopter, screaming in pain. Not, Not a, a trick. Hanging <laughs> from your nipples from a helicopter, comfortable, having some chips. That's, that's a trick. trick right? uh, yes. I mean, I just, it's a misunderstanding to me of what magic uh, is. That, that resonates as being correct, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to ask you about some of these illusions and, and stunts that you, that you and, and Teller do. and Because some of them are elaborate, some of them are smaller. But uh, are you guys, the, the R&D guys, is it just you two? Or do you have some team that oh, helps we you have, come we up have, with these? We have an amazing team okay. that works with us. I mean, I believe... We have put together the uh, the greatest team in Magic history. I mean, we have... Uh, How many people? Johnny Thompson. Well, there's probably four or five guys at the shop. If you're talking about just building the tricks sure, yeah. and not any of the business around it. Four or five guys at the shop. And then uh, Johnny Thompson, who worked on the name of the great Tom Sony. He's 74. I, you know, yes, yes. Tom for Sony. me, yes. He works with us full time now. He is, the, he is the best magic mind. I like to say who lived, but I, I, I don't think that I can really say that. He's absolutely the best magic mind alive. Mm-hmm. No one would argue with me on that. And uh, uh, but I think the best that ever lived. What percentage of the uh, the ideas that you guys come up with end up actually making it to the show? Because some things aren't going to work. It's so hard to tell yeah. because these conversations go on and things change and yeah. morph. So right. I can answer that question either way. Every single trick fails because yeah. we change it and work it, or every trick works because we change it and work it. Um, I'm not going to ask you about your uh, nail polish. but you can. Uh, it's from my mom. It's my, mom, <laughs> my mom's nail polish, my dad's uh, room. That's uh, nice. Uh, but I do respect that you get get a manicure. Um, I, I do want to ask you about Dancing with the Stars. I know you Oh, were... please. I was on for who? A week. Yeah. <laughs> But for, for but, a week. but that's what I want to ask you about. Have they called you to do anything else? Because now the people that get voted off first seem to be the ones that are, are doing stuff with the show and coming back. I went back to you know do a little thing about being a loser on there. I think I, I talked about it, but it's hard because you know it was very hard for me to do that show. The, the reality shows cost a wicked lot of money for us to do because we have the show running in Vegas all the time. Did yeah. the, so taking the time off is a little bit tough. Did yeah. the apprentices take the same toll on uh, on you with the? Uh... Yeah, we had you know we had to yeah. take five weeks off and you know you spend five weeks with Clay Aiken see how much you want to be alive. <laughs> You're not a fan of his, what? are you? Well, you know, uh, yes, I, he's fine. I mean, not a fan of his music, certainly. Yeah, yeah. Dog <laughs> but uh, that dynamic fascinates me because of, of all of those shows that seems to generate the most legitimate animosity. When uh, when well, people know, are uh, together, I, I hate to answer a question honestly on morning radio, <laughs> but I will. Yeah. Um, there's a book out called Thinking Fast and Slow. It's on the bestseller list right now. It's uh, Dr. Uh, Daniel Kahneman, right. who won the Nobel Prize in 2005. And uh, one of the things they talk about there is ego depletion. If you put a camera on someone uh, for four hours, they're fine. Yeah. If you give them breaks, they're fine. But if you make someone careful about what they say for a certain period of time, their ego just gets exhausted. Yeah. Anything pops into their head. So it was when that happened to me, you know, I never once on Celebrity Apprentice raised my voice. Right. I never trashed anybody, you know, uh, made jokes, but, you know, never, you know, so-and-so. Which is not the way business is run. You right. know? Sure, yeah. You really do that. And, uh, 
Uh, but it was amazing to see people that I'd known for years and really trusted start, start screaming to, at the top do, of their lungs after wow. after you know five or six hours on camera. Do, is it true that they use sort of like interrogation techniques no. where they, they, they keep you up late? Oh, and they, No, that's just that's, all complete a, lies. Is it? Okay. It's all based on the fact that celebrities are such weaklings. <laughs> you know, when you have mentally okay. deficient, uneducated, narcissistic losers, uh, they will claim that having to work eight hours a day is a Nazi interrogation technique. Okay. Let me put it this way. Anyone who has ever had a job, that's the full sentence, yeah. no qualifications, anyone who has ever had a job has worked harder than anybody on a reality show. <laughs> It's a sweeping I, statement. I was a dishwasher yeah. at a hospital. Yeah. I was I worked in shipping and receiving in a department store. If if any of the people that were on that show could have seen that, they would have considered a Gitmo. I mean, yes. What they're complaining? Let me tell you what they're complaining about. They're complaining that a few times their lunch arrived ten minutes late. You know, and their lunch was you know a a forty dollar lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A forty dollar lunch that arrives ten minutes late, and you're bitching. I you got know, you. It's astonishing, and you know they. They were upset that they had to get up early. What time do you guys get up? Three <laughs> fifty. You get up what about eleven o'clock in the morning? No. No. You, what, what time did you say? Three fifty. Yeah, three fifty. Debbie yeah. Gibson would have been a little just crying her eyes out. I mean, <laughs> they don't use any of that. But the fact is that you are put in a situation doing skills, doing tasks you don't know how to do, with cameras on you all the time, and then with a pretend boss saying pretend nutty things like you know you don't. Ever, no one's worked in a situation where every day you went to work and they go, "What did the other people do to screw up on your team?" Yeah, it just doesn't come up. It, it, you know? It's a unique dynamic. It, it, it argues, it argues against politeness and how you were raised. But it turns out, if you do stay polite and do stay how you were raised, it works very well. It's just that kind of breaks down, and you end up going, "Well, you know, when we were trying to get an idea, so and so went over and had a glass of water." <laughs> Okay. You know, I remember they busted they busted Adam Carolla yeah. for taking a power nap, which Edison did yeah. four times a day. You know you know that lazy bastard Edison who got nothing done? He was taking I mean it was just amazing how they would find things. And when you're talking to someone, you see they're just gathering evidence, you know? Yeah. Right. And the way to win the show, if you look at just straight game theory, you know, I have a lot of friends that are professional poker players and they just run all the game theory. Right. What you really got to do is do nothing. Because if you do nothing, you can't be blamed for anything. Right. So, you lead a very interesting life, and, and you live in some really interesting places that, that are very showbiz-oriented. You know, when you do The Apprentice in New York, you, you know, you do the show in Vegas, and all of those places are kind of fantasy land sometimes. How do you um, stay grounded? How do you get back to your roots and, and not end up a, a showbiz moron? Well, yeah. <laughs> well you know, I, I, I'm not showbiz. I mean, I mean, there's a few things about me that are... Uh, uh, very outside. I mean, I've never had a drink of alcohol in my life. I, I never had any drugs in my life. So th I don't go out. Uh, what I do after shows is predominantly read. Hmm. And uh, I found out how 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 uh, how aberrant reading is when I was on Celebrity <laughs> Apprentice. <laughs> really? Not the norm? Yeah. Well, but also ridiculed. Really? Oh, I suppose you were reading books last night. <laughs> not, since, not since they beat me up in high school for, you know, having glasses and right, reading books. Because yeah. although I am enormous and I look like a jock gone to seed, yeah. you know, I look like, well, he really let himself go since he played for the 
Packers because I had that look, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, people think that I was a bully. That's, uh, but, but I wasn't. I was the one being beaten senseless. And once you talk to me for 10 minutes, you know why I was beaten senseless constantly. But, you know, it was the same kind of ridicule. I mean, it's, you know, uh, I think it was Martin Mull and many people who have said that show business is high school with money. Okay. But Celebrity <laughs> Apprentice is really that, you know. Wow. You're the makeup chair gossiping about other people, you know. It's just it's just not the way I was brought up. And, not the, uh, and then also, you get pushed around. Lou Ferrigno is one of those guys. And I don't know. You, got, you guys might be one of these guys. I don't know. <laughs> but um, his, his way of showing affection to other men is to hurt them. No, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, don't, punch, I don't take that. Punching in the no, arm thing. I'm not, and I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. You know, Gary Busey. Who's a friend of mine? Yeah, Gary Busey is one of those guys. How you doing, Pat? Oh, you okay to see you? Boom, boom. And he pounds in your chest and stuff. Right. So when I see Gary Busey, I run and hide. <laughs> I, that dog to shame. Right. So I just, you know, I just want to get away from. That. See, I'm kind of that way, but and uh, I, you I, that kind of affection, you hit people. Yeah, but okay. I'm, I blame it on on being a brother. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe, I'm, like, maybe, I'm, yeah, I'm like I, the middle of, of brothers, and uh, there's there's no doubt yeah. about that. I was raised as an only child, I'm, I'm, and I'm a little guy. I'm five seven. You know yeah. what I mean? But well, I, of course, you know. You know we all know from of mice and men, Steinbeck. Yeah, right. Oh, there you go with the books, yes, uh, that, uh, Mr. Reader. Being, being a guy that's bigger than you is a really good move. Mm-hmm. You cannot lose, especially well, if you've got a kid in your class. Think about this for just heaven. In my high school class, they had a six foot seven, two hundred and eighty pound guy who had said publicly he would never hit anyone in his life. What? <laughs> yeah. Now you're set. You know, so everybody could just hit me. I had this stupid pacifism thing. I read books, and I was a big guy you could beat up. I was just heaven walking on you. <laughs> Tore your dress. What a mess. I recall that is it all. Dog to shame. I have to ask you just on, a, on another uh, uh, track here. Uh, with all the stuff you've seen and being such a student of magic, what is the single greatest onstage magic trick you've ever seen? Oh, my goodness. What a, what an interesting and very, very difficult uh, question. I think it would have to be uh, Richie Artie uh, at the Village Gate. Uh, Teller and I went probably in the mid-'70s. Way, I mean, right, right after I got out of high school. Notice I don't say graduated. And um, <laughs> Richie Artie was this crazy, crazy magician. I think Spanish, or I guess Richie Artie, yeah. maybe. Uh, and um, he would saw his daughter in half, right. but not in a box. He would bring down the buzz saw right over her exposed midsection. Wow! And it would just go, and there was a uh, there was a, uh, a, a a a spray, oh, wow. a, a kind of a kind of an uh, atomized spray right. of blood that would go over the audience, and then Jesus. he would invite the audience up to look into her entrails. And uh, he would invite them up on stage. And we'd do a version of this. We yeah. do, do our own song in half that has that blood and stuff. But he, he did it all slowly. Wow. Yeah. There was no showbiz. After he did that, he would invite you up to look into his daughter's insides. Oh. You know? And he would say, uh, and I'm going to misquote him, and please forgive yeah. me. There'll be Richie Artie fans who will be screaming. But I know that I'm wrong, but I haven't got the text in front of me. But he would end his show with a line like, people say to me, and I'm going to do an accent that is completely <laughs> unrelated to his accent. Maybe I'll actually abort the accent. Okay. He would say, uh, people come up to me after they see this and say it's a trick. Of course it's a trick. (laughs) My question is, 
is it a good trick? Nice. Yeah. I think they're showing something on your video there. Oh, that's it. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. They, must, they yeah. must have found uh, the, the archive yeah. footage of it. It's, it's just amazing. But what was really wonderful about it, it was he would uh, then have the whole audience come up one by one and look into her what, what did it look like when you went up? I, I mean, well, it, did it, it look was, amazing? It was actual awful from a butcher house. It was real entrails. Wow. There was nothing fake, and it had a funk to it. You know, it had a funk. That, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, that was that was great. And the great thing about Ricciardi was the way he did the trick uh, also meant that one of the times he actually hurt his daughter. Oh, did oh, really? really? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I, and Steve had mentioned, you know, uh, seeing you guys on, on YouTube, and you, you can fall into this uh, this uh, hole of YouTube where one video leads to another, leads to another. Too. Really? And there, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was, I think I, I stumbled across, like, the 50 greatest illusions of all time yeah, yeah. or something like that. And you and Teller are in one with where you run over Teller with the semi-tractor I, I love that you found the 50 greatest tricks of all time and that we're number one on that and you named the one where we're number six. <laughs> uh, in the top ten, we are four of them, four including of them? number one. Boy, yeah, the one ran, with the we, truck blew me oh, away. The, yeah, the truck is really great. That's the one we did on NBC yeah. and also gave away. We gave away how we did that. You did? But yeah, yeah, we did. You waited was, the truck, right? Was, yeah, we waited the truck. I remember that. The truck was... The truck was uh, all weighted on one side, oh, yeah. and then these foam tires, and it was, uh, and the, uh, you know, Teller, it's really great, I was the Michael Collins of that <laughs> trick, because while Teller was working on the actual trick, uh, I was the one learning to drive the truck, yeah, you know, yeah. on, on Apollo 11, when they landed on the moon, sure, you know, yeah, absolutely, Neil yeah. and Buzz, they right. got to go out on the moon, and what I love about this is that uh, Mike Collins, while, while they were doing all the lunar module stuff, yeah. they took him off for training by himself to teach him how to get home without the other guy. <laughs> they did. So it's like, I love that when he comes back and goes, so we were working on the lab today. What were you working on? Oh, nothing. <laughs> but that's what I was doing. Teller was working on actually doing this trick which uh, of uh, having his uh, crotch run over yeah. by an 18-wheeler. And I had to go to tractor-trailer driving school. <laughs> so you got your CDL. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. I actually didn't actually get it, but I did learn to... Uh, Look at this. We're, we're watching it right now. This first time I saw this, I could not believe it because uh. he's getting run over. And I mean, isn't that wild? Isn't that a great illusion? That's yeah, awesome. there's a whole of hanging off the uh, far side of the truck okay. are all these weights and a whole other kind of training wheel situation so that all the weight of the truck is over the other side from him, and that's just a hanging off platform. Awesome. What was, but what man, was, was it hard to do. But you guys oh. had number one on this list? You were, you were number one? Yeah, the bullet catch. The bullet oh, catch. Yeah, is, yeah. Is, and is, I saw that at the Merriam, man. I, I couldn't believe it. How often do you do that? We do that uh, every every night in Vegas. Wow. We can't do it out of Vegas because of, you know, all these laws about not killing people. <laughs> you know, the fascist state. The man says you can't shoot other people in the face. <laughs> Vegas is awesome. Dog to shoot. <laughs> Anything else coming up that we should keep an eye on? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> I would watch the news so you're a good citizen. The book is still right. out. Oh, my book, yes. the book is still out. The book is God no, no. I, I loved it. It was a bestseller. Yeah, Thank yeah. you so much. The paperback's coming out in a little while. Celebrity Apprentice. And you know, I, did you hear my song, Clay Aiken? Yes. Oh, I, yeah. did, I did we a were... song, Clay Aiken by Penn Jillette by Penn Jillette. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. There's a lot of the Celebrity Apprentice people in it. And really does sum up my feelings about Celebrity Apprentice very, very awesome. awesome. Here, I'll awesome. play, I'll play yeah. a little bit, bit of it before we let that uh, go. You got your iPad 3, you got your iPhone 4, got the iPad to the iPhone before. Steve Jobs is dead, Apple Jobs overseas. Don't let the living work in factories. Leave the parents behind for the plastic they're making. Well, I'm having public cards, your hearts are clay, and you're done for jobs. <laughs> I'm pathetically. 
There you go, Clay Aiken. Yeah, that's Gillette. I love the homage to Laverne and Shirley yeah, in the video, man, by the way. Trying to put all that in, yeah. you know. That's my job. A bit pathetically, <laughs> that's my job. I'm a celebrity. I love it. You know, I was just, uh, I was, you know, complaining about Celebrity Apprentice to my wife, and at the same time, I was complaining to her about it. I was also reading the paper about the conditions in the Chinese sweatshops making <laughs> iPhones, and I said, you know, maybe I shouldn't ever complain <laughs> about talking to Clay Aiken again. So that's where the song came. From. Cool. Awesome. It was. It's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you can follow Penn at at Penn Gillette, uh, on Twitter. P e n n j i l l e t t e. Great. And I want to say one thing to you all from the bottom of my heart, with with all the implications. Donkey show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Penn Gillette. Yeah. Thanks, I got a back scratch. Yeah, you did. What's new? Glad you asked. Thrice. Shine now. Everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. Can I bring up a goofy little conversation that we started to have yesterday? Uh, This jokingly began. uh, Intern Erin, who's been with us for a while, and she's just, she's beautiful, she's awesome, but she is the, uh, she is the senior member in that she is the oldest member of our intern crew. She elected to change her career path, and and I think uh, did a a very cool thing. She, you know, got involved in something, now she's committed whole heart, whole hog to it, the Truth is, though, she's incredibly old. No, she's <laughs> not incredibly old. So I, I call her Grammy. Yeah, Kathy yeah. calls her Grammy. And we got done with the show yesterday, and I think uh, Casey and Nick and uh, and me and Kathy were still here in the studio, and we started talking about the, 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 the name Grammy for a grandmother, because it's a very old-sounding yeah, uh, term I've heard, for grandma. You're right, Grammy. I've heard Nick referred to. I think you have a unique one. Uh, yeah, my mom uh, for my son Ben is Gum 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 Gum, which he yeah. came gum up with himself. Gum. He right? came up with yeah, and um, so it, it was just something where sometimes the parents try and give instruction as to what the child should call the grandparent, and sometimes they just let it happen, and sometimes it's a combination of the two. And for us, it was sort of a combination. And Ben came up with Gum Gum. Where did Gum Gum come from? It just <laughs> I think where did Gum Gum come from? <laughs> uh, I think. I think it was just where did gum, gum, gum come from? <laughs> the uh, that's just sort of how he started to pronounce grandma or or Grammy or something like that. With, yeah. the, he he figured it out that way, and he called my mom that uh, initially, and it, it just stuck, and it's it, you know sticks to this day. He, if he wanted to pronounce grandma or or mumum or whatever, he would. My wife's mom was mumum. And the the grandparents, the the grandfathers are uh, Ballpaw Jim and Ballpaw Tom. Okay, so there's a whole mess of Ballpaw, but he called Ballpaw Tom. I'll tell you the thing though. My dad's name is Tom. In all deference to your. To, to, it's your, it's your, your grandmother was Gum Gum? No, my mom is Gum Gum. Okay, go. Two Ben. Okay, yeah, and, and obviously this kid, but when you hear Gum Gum, I think of like a toothless. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, exactly. What are you boys doing in there? Yeah. Was she cool with it? Gum-gum. Oh, she, she was cool it. with it? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's, you know, she's Gum-gum. in her 60s. She's not an old lady. Yeah, yeah, so no. it, it, But um, it's endearing. Where did, where did Bob Paw come from? Again, it was just his, his way of pronouncing grandpa, I guess. Yeah, it can get outlandish because when apparently when I was very young, I had trouble saying Jack and uh, my uh, and this is slightly different, but it was um, Uncle Jack. Yeah, 
And uh, I would call him in full volume, Uncle C. Um, oh, really? As Rooster. Rooster. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Why? It's, that's how you said it. That's the way I was saying it as a kid. Yeah. So, With that little hey, Dickens. Uncle, uncle. <laughs> and then when I knew what it was, I kept saying it. Yes, yeah. Stevie. <laughs> You were right, though, Nick, like with your son, you said, you know, you, you tried to tell them what to say, grandma or whatever it was, and then they come up with their own thing. My nephews, they they picked out the grandparents' names before the, the kids were born, and everybody knew what they were going to be because there were several grandparents in the family. And my nephew, my oldest nephew, just completely changed it. He, he made it up what he wanted to say, and um, it's it, the grandfathers are just pop-up, but one is pop-up, and then um, my husband's father is in a green wheelchair, so he's a pop-up green chair. Pop-up <laughs> green chair. Sounds like an Indian name. Um, there are the standards. My my mother on my father's side, uh, my father's mother was grandma, and my mother's mother was nanny. Okay, okay those yeah. are standards. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, those, those, were, that was the differentiation. My father's parents were granny and grandpa. Okay. Which you don't get any more old sounding than that. And a classic. Yeah, classic. And my mother's parents were mama and papa. Mama, Papa. Mama, Papa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, what's wild is when you get into your 30s or 40s and you say, I'm going, I'm going to Papa's house. I'm, <laughs> yeah. going, I'm going to Gum yeah. Gum. But you still yeah. do it. I'm going to go visit Gum Gum. Yeah. My, my wife's grandfather is still alive and he's still Pop-Up, you know, and he's yeah. Pop-Up to my son now, too. My um, maternal grandparents were Mama and Pop-Up and my paternal grandparents were Grandma and Grandpa. Yeah, and, I, had, I think those are pretty standards as well. I had uh, Nan and Pop and then Nanny. Nana Nanny. Okay. Uh, some of them sound, I think they just sound embarrassing. You know? Sure they do. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, like, like I'm sorry, but gum gum. Gum gum's embarrassing. It's kind of embarrassing. But then it becomes cute and, and yeah. also it becomes unique. I well, don't know cute. any other gum gums out there. It's cute because he made it up. And that's yeah. how like a lot of family nicknames end up happening is because the little kid can't pronounce something. Right. You know, so then next thing you know, that's what everybody is then calling said person. Yeah, my... My mother-in-law kind of has has forced a name on my kids. She is Boo Boo. I don't know where the hell that came. Boo Boo, yeah. as as I refuse friend. Say, I refuse to say Boo Boo is on the phone or something like. Right. And who are you, Ranger Smith? I'm like your grandmother's on the phone. That's, <laughs> see, I think I think that is Boo Boo's on the phone. I think that Hi, is Boo-Boo. a name. A disservice. I think it's just disrespectful to uh, whoever Boo Boo is, your mother or you say your mother-in-law. Your mother-in-law, okay? Yeah. Because I think it's up to the grandparent to decide what they want to be called. Well, I think it's However, a stupid name. It is. Listen, man. My, my and, and she's listening right now. But my best friend's uh, uh, mom is Nani. I'm like, I don't know where I Nani. Heard, I never a stripper before. name. Yeah. Is I never knew where Nani. On the center pole at uh, 76 years old, Nani. I think it's an Italian thing. Yeah. I'm not really sure. Okay. Okay. What's um, his, what's his background? Uh, or her background. She's Italian. Okay. Yeah. So, right. um, but if she wants to be, like, my mom and my mother-in-law are both grandmom. They wanted to be called grandmom. How, and the only way I would have changed that had any of my kids started saying gum gum. Right, or, right. or something along right. those lines, you know? But, I'm, you know, if my mom wants to be called grandmom, then, then she's going to be called grandmom. What's more yeah. common to the process? Allowing the grandparents to select the names they will be yeah. referred to as? Yeah. Or the parents... Designating what the grandparents will be referred to as. No, I, I think the no the, the the grandparents should. You're right, Casey, and yeah. I shouldn't be such a dick about it, but I have. <laughs> no, uh, listen, what's the name? Boo boo, boo boo. But my mom boo-boo. goes. Does uh, she call you Yogi? My mom goes with uh, <laughs> Gigi. 
Uh, oh, which, yeah. which we, did, yeah. we actually talked about on the air yes. when Parker was still uh, in the process of being born. And we went with Gigi because it means uh, gorgeous grandmother. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? That's, that's, cute. that's funny because um, Ben has a great grandmother, and so great grandmother has been shortened Gigi. to Gigi as well. Yeah, and that that's, what, that's what he calls her. Hey, okay. Nick, does your, will your, um, your, your brother's sons or your brother's kids call her? Gum gum? No. Uh, so the cousin is uh, calls. I think it's just Grammy and Grandpa. I think oh, it, wow. the, the my cousin, my nephew Matthew, calls my mom and dad the standard names. I think it's Grammy and Grandma Grandpa. Grandma and Grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. My nieces and nephews on um, my my brother's wife. Uh, they have a grandmom and a great grandmom. So the grandmom is Mimi. Okay. And the great grandmom is Gigi. There you go. Uh, Chuck, he's wondering if uh, "booby" is a Jewish uh, term. I believe so. I believe it is. Booby, booby for grandparents. I always think of "booby" as what a grandparent might call it. A kid? No, I think it's. Uh, is I it the other way around? My, my booby. Uh, I've, I've heard that before, and Nana is another one. But anyhow, I've heard "shicks a tramp." <laughs> Huh. The little shicks yeah. of tramp. Hey, but that also said me mom. That's another um, me mom. Yeah, I've heard that before. You did. Uh, let me. Let me <laughs> me mom, you the dead. Tonto family. You know them. <laughs> me mom. You dead. Yeah. I was not. Where's aware Gum Gum? They... <laughs> <laughs> and my sister-in-law's grandmother is more more. More 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 more. And yeah. then the, the midget of the family is less less. <laughs> no, they just that's when they were conceiving the children. That's more, the more, more. that came from the bedroom. Oh God! More. <laughs> Let me go to uh, Katrina. Uh-huh. Hi, Katrina. Good morning. Hi, Preston. First time caller. Yay! Welcome. What's up, Katrina? I call my grandmother Yaya. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I called her before. They said I didn't really have a name, but I picked it up at preschool and I came home and I guess asked her if I could call her Yaya. And it's everyone in our family. That's how I introduced I've heard... her to my friends. Katrina, I've heard Yaya before. Uh, are you Greek by any chance? I'm not, but I've okay. heard, I never looked it up, but I've heard that it's Greek for grandmother. There was a kid in my class that was Greek, and his grandmother bought him a doll, and he called it Yaya. Yeah. And, that, hmm. and I came home, and I guess the story goes where I just said, can I call you Yaya? And it's like her first name. Sometimes I, people yeah. don't even know what her name is. They just call her Yaya. Growing up, my neighbors were Greek, and they called their, uh, they called their the kids called their grandmother Yaya. Huh. Oh, and I'd burn down their house. <laughs> there was a text that came in, uh, and I don't know if this is a Pennsylvania Dutch thing or a German thing, but I've heard uh, Oma and Opa for yeah. uh, grandparents, and I don't know what the uh, origin. Opa! That's pretty great. great. You got to break yeah. some plates. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me go to Amanda. She wants to comment. Uh, Amanda, good morning. Good morning. You guys rock. What's happening? Um, well, I just wanted to comment. My we called our grandmother Gum Gum as well. I was the first grandchild, so. And I had a speech impediment, so I came up with gum gum. Gum gum as well, okay. So, Instead of grandmom, it came out as gum gum, okay. Yep. yep, so all six grandkids called my grandmother gum gum. Wow, all right. And if my you... grandpa was Pop-Pop. We still call him Pop-Pop, so. And it, was that it, Nick? Is it grandma and Pop-Pop, gum gum and Pop-Pop? No, it's gum gum and Ball-Paw. Gum gum and Pop-Pop. You know the thing at team? I say gum gum, did you take a shower? No, did not. Ball-Paw? Thanks, man. And by the way, Press, I don't think you have to, you know, you don't have to like boo-boo. Uh, you know, because my mom is grandmom, and I didn't want her to be grandmom, and but it was it was her. What did you want her to be? I want her to be my mom. My mom. Yeah, I like. Is that mom. what you called your grandmother? Um, yeah, yeah. You my know, mom. but when I was born, I only had two grandparents, one on each side. So my mom mom was on my father's side, my papa was on my my father's side. So. Did you say Preston? Your family employed Grammy. Grammy was one of them. No, no, okay. no, no. Because uh, Grammy, Grammy, Granny with, gr- with ends. You will hear. I think it's it's a New England. 
thing to Grammy. Grammy. Yeah. yeah. Grammy. Yeah. Grammy just took a dump in the foyer. <laughs> but, they, you know, on both of my sides. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just trying. Could you use that in a sentence, please? <laughs> One more time. Yeah. Yes. Grammy took a dump in the foyer. Grammy. <laughs> Grammy. I love that. And there are some people who, who demure from doing that thing of allowing the names. And then what you get is the complicated thing of this is grandma and grandpa Smith. Yeah. Well, here, and this is grandma and grandpa. Yeah. So you you always have to d- delineate which ones you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's how we did it. We used the last name. Yeah. My, my, my great-grandmother, her last name was Meadows. So I had my Mama Baker and Mama Meadows. Yeah. So what would you want to be called? Rim job. Y- yeah, rim job. I kind of like that. <laughs> Um, from Munda. <laughs> because listen, you, you you said you would love to be called Frank from time to time. Yeah. You know, so now you actually do. It's a good get, question, though, Case. At this at this wow. point in, yeah, in time, never crossed my mind. Yeah. What way, would shape, what would your grandpa? Because I, you know, I have the pretend kids, and yeah. I have uh, uh, Sydney, who's my model daughter. What? I have to figure out. You know what their kids will call me? Falafel. Their pretend kids, falafel. <laughs> falafel. I, I want like to be that. known as falafel. Either that or Jim Gardner. <laughs> what would you go with? What do you think you'd go with? I don't know. Um, I think I I see you as a as a pop pop or a grandpa. Man, I don't even want to think about it. To tell you the truth, you like poppy. No, I don't like pop. How about how about uh, boo boo? <laughs> You're boo boo. That, yeah. That's it. It's hey, how Wouldn't about space bitch? ghost? If I were. <laughs> Is that available? Space Ghost is is unique. You can kind of do whatever you wanted, right? See, yeah. Casey, now I know what you would do. What? You'd, you'd be Grandpa Awesome. No, or I'm already like Uncle that. Awesome. I know you are. That's why you'd, you'd, you'd go with something. You know what I want to be? I want to be called Supreme Chancellor. Supreme <laughs> Chancellor, yeah. That is my name. I like well, you that. You could. You could. You've earned the right. You're right. You want something that, that when the little Dickens comes running up to you for a hug that's going to, you know, mm-hmm. like, like... It's going to be a Dream job wouldn't sound right. No. But, but, but no. uh... Butt plug. Butt plug. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> it's a little more... Uh, yeah. Like Papa. Right. Butt plug. Butt plug. Gum gum. Butt plug. <laughs> Maybe my son does have a speech impediment because he used to call you Preston Press Pum. Yeah, you were Press Pum. All all kids, yeah, start off that way. But it's adorable. Yeah, and Kathy was Kathy, and uh, Casey and Steve. He got he got that down. Did he? And Mississa Dickens. Dickens. What 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 did he? he What did he say about me? He thought he was frightened of me, or no? All kids are frightened of you. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Not just I am. I, it's just the thing I project. I'll tell you. I what, had one though. kid ask me if I was Goldberg the wrestler. You, do you know who, who kids love? At least from my experience, is uh, they love Pierre Robert. Oh yeah, man. Uh, he's just he's he's like a he's like a clown to kids. Yeah. It's so funny to watch them around him. The and tone P- of his voice, the way Pierre he interacts, doesn't necessarily. Kids aren't his thing. You know yes. what I mean? But for some reason, they are drawn to him. He is. They just they get a kick out of his appearance and his uh, his delivery. Uh, let me go to some other calls. I'm going to go to Matt. Hey Matt. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. What's up, man? Hey, my uh, my almost two year old daughter uh, calls my mother in law Minga. 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 Yeah, M I N G A. Where did she, that come from? She, I have no idea. That was all on her own. You know, at about eighteen months is when she came up with it. And, and so uh, the first the first way she identified your grandmother was by uttering Minga, and you you just ran with it. Yeah. Huh. You know, we we like. My mother-in-law's other grandkids just, you know, call her Graham, but, uh, you know, she just, so we tried to introduce that to her, but... She wasn't having it. No. 
no, I've heard Graham a, a fair amount. Yeah, you yeah, know, Graham, Graham is Graham's. Yeah, there, there's a list here. They've they pulled up. Uh, I don't know what website here, but it says traditional grandmother names. You want me to run through a couple of these? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. We have uh, Bama, Bama, uh, Bama, Bama. Big Mama. What? That's great. <laughs> Who in their right mind would want to be called Big Mama? Martin Lawrence. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Booby. Booby. That would be the, a Jewish, I guess. We used to have that clip. Booby. Booby. Dama. Irera. Dama Dama. Ima, Ima, or Ima. What? I, I guess maybe Dama because um, D is one of the uh, the... Sounds that little kids can enunciate. That's right. Or is it Dama? Like Grandma? Dama. 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 Instead of being able to... Dama! <laughs> Milo! Milo! <laughs> Dama. Yeah, that might be it. You're right, because most kids, they, they say Dada before right. Mama because they can pronounce that D. Uh, it comes uh, more naturally. Uh, then there's G, Gada. Uh, got a G. What? Got G. Got a God G. God G. God G. Gamma. Gamma. Gammy. Gamma. These are all. Gammy. Gammy. Those are all various spellings for Gammy. Gan Gan. Gana. Gan Gan. Gami, Graham, Graham. Let's get out of the G's. This is driving me crazy. Granny, Grandma, Grand Grand, Grandma, Grandmom. I'm moving on from the G's. Okay, Pop over to the M's. Uh, Mama, uh, Mammy, Mams, Mimo, Marmy. Oh, Mimo. Yeah, my brother Adam. Uh, I don't know if it was Adam or Josh. Anyway, one of them called my dad's mom Mimo, even though the rest of us called her Grandma. Huh? Mame, Mima, Mamie, Mammy. If your grandma's <laughs> Al Jolson, maybe. Uh, Mimi, uh, Mima. Now I want to get out of the M's. Wait, look, Momsy. Uh, I like that Momsy. one. Momsy. I knew somebody who had Momsy. Uh, Grand Grammy just took a dump in the foyer. <laughs> <laughs> My friend called his grandmother Momsy. I remember that. Momsy. Mum mum. Nana. Is there a Nana in there? Nana. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, Nanny Nima. Nina, if you're just tuning in, these are grandmother names that we're going through. You're not having a seizure. Not just random sounds from Preston. Bobby, I'm your white knight. Oh, man. Right, hold on. Let me go over here to uh, Sue. Hey, Sue, good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, bitches. Hey, what? What's up, Sue? Hey, not much. Just calling to tell you, my son, when he was a baby, he came up with the name Fafa. 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 Fafa, because we kids call my grandfather, grandfather. And my dad wanted to continue with the tradition and didn't work out that way. So you refer to your, your grandfather as the full grandfather. That, yep. And is, is it grandmother? Nope. It's grandma. Okay. Grandfather. It's a lot to say, I think. Grandfather. Hello, grandfather. Yeah, so, hello, so, grandfather. So they took. Grammy uh, just took a dump in the foyer. <laughs> Could you use that in a sentence, please? <laughs> so Fafa yeah. came from the father part of grandfather, right? Yeah, when he was, big, okay. when he was, you know, like one years old, he really tried hard to get him to say grandfather, and it just did not work out. Uh, so everybody, including my friends. Still call my dad Fafa to this day. I think there is something to the, as we look at this list of um, alternate names here, Preston, it seems to be the sounds that young kids can gravitate to quickly. Yeah. So uh, that uh, determines yeah. how the, how these names get generated. Yep. So you know, though, in our family, we had so many cousins that 
we had to keep the it would have been too confusing if everybody had a different name for our, our grandparents. So, so you know what I mean? Everybody called them Nan and Pop. Okay. Oh they, yeah. They were Nan yeah. and Pop to everybody. Nan and Pop. But if there are, let's say, twelve grandkids and twelve different names, then it's almost like you know, when somebody's yelling your name from another room, you know who it is. Yeah, it's easier it. to identify. Yeah. Uh hang on, let me go to Tim here. This one sounds interesting. Hey Tim, good morning. Hey, good morning. You guys worked. Hey, you work. Thank you. What's up, bud? Um, my nephew calls my mother-in-law Bagum. Bagum? Bagum. He couldn't pronounce grandmother, so it's Bagum. And That's not even remotely Bagum. near grandmother or grandma. Bagum. No, Is she a particularly unattractive woman? No. Oh, okay. Come on. Now. That's my mother-in-law. I like her. I, I don't know. It's Bagum. I, I can't even imagine what the derivation of Bagum is. Well, he couldn't say grandmother, and she used to work in ShopRite, and whenever they would go there, you'd hear him yell, Bagum! There you go. All right. I'd take that. yell that at ShopRite? Yeah. Bagum! (laughs) Bagum! (laughs) It's not exclusive to ShopRite. It's every supermarket. It's like when you walk into Moe's, you know? Welcome to Moe's! They scream Bagum at every grocery store. Shop right thing. Oh I was not aware of that. No, me neither. Uh, hang on, let me go to Lisa. Wants to clarify the use of booby. Okay. Uh, in the uh, in the in Jewish faith. Sure. Right, Lisa. Booby. Lisa. Good morning. Good morning. You guys work. Thank Yay. you, Lisa. What's up? Not much. I just wanted to let you know that it is. It's Bubby. It's pronounced Bubby. That's right. Bubby. Okay. Yes. And Steve was right when an older woman will talk to a younger child, she'll say Bubby or Bubbala. Okay, Bubbala. Right, okay. You were right. So it's I, Bubby for the grand, grandmother and yep. Bubby as in my little Bubbala. I love a lot of the, the, like the, the Jewish um, words and the, the way, you, you know, the words used to interact. Sure. Yeah. It's very, very yeah, heartwarming. They're, they're fun. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. I'm going to go to Emily next. Hi, Emily. Good morning. Hi. Hey, what's up, Emily? You're on the air with Gunga. Uh, I want to say that I um, I called my granddad Vavu growing up, and it took me a solid 15 years to figure out that meant grandfather in Portuguese. You know what? Oh. That sounds like what Steve's dad used to say when he would rip a fart. Vavu. <laughs> <laughs> Vavu. <laughs> yeah, I always thought that was his first name, and then I, in like a class in high school, I figured it out. Listen, when you, when you would say it, was it uh, with, with the emphasis on the on the first? Was it Vavu or was it Vavu? Uh, we said Vavu. Vavu. Okay, little accent on the first. All right, uh, th- straight. I've never heard that one before. Thank no, you, I've Emily. never heard that. You uh-huh. know, it, it, it's not fair to uh, keep saying Bobby, Bobby, and not mention that Marcus, uh, overnight DJ here at WMMR, created an iPhone app called iBooby. Yes, which uh, is a, a virtual grandmother, isn't yes, it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Is it still available? It is. I okay. believe. And and what does it do? Not a not a whole lot. It I just mean, it, it gives you grandmotherly advice. advice it interacts right? with you as a grandmother. Yeah. Okay. Let me go next to Anne. Hey Anne, good morning. Hey, good morning. You guys rock. Thank oh, you. Anne. What's going on? I'm calling because my guys are in a situation that they have four grandmothers. They have my mom, my mother-in-law, my dad's wife, and I was adopted as a child and have a biological mother now in my life. All right. So to separate, we have a Mimi. A mom, a nana, 
and a grandma. Okay. Nice. Okay. That Does, works. Does everybody agree on those, Anne, or did you run that those names by them, or did they come up with them? How did that happen? It was kind of a combination, but because there were so many, we kind of persuaded and led them in that direction so that we could differentiate. It wasn't like Animal House, and your grandmother yeah. is going to be you, you would drunk walking along with some badges. <laughs> right. and you're going to be mum up, mum up, gum gum, and your rim job. Why not? <laughs> your <rim> Kroger. <laughs> Give this a lot of thought. <laughs> Your name is Rimjob. <laughs> Did you say Rimjob? I don't even know what that. I just. What about Grandpa? Uh, no. Um, Use that in a sense. <laughs> Rimjob. Gammy took a dump in the foyer. <laughs> uh, let me go to Paul next. Hey, Paul. Good morning. Hey, good morning. You guys rock. <laughs> hey, good Paul. What's up, man? Yo, man, my dad, when I was like a teenager, married a Polish woman. And when I got older, had kids, she made me teach them the word Bobshi. Bobshi? I would say, yeah, Bobshi. She goes, that's what we say in Polish. Hmm, I'm yeah. like, really? So then as my kids got older, they'd be like, what? What does that mean? <laughs> so, Bob, she... Grandmother, I guess, yeah. And then, like, she would write it for them. So, Bob, she literally translates to, to grandma? In Polish. Okay. Supposedly, yeah, man. I like that tradition, though. I mean, you know, if, if you're from if you're an Asian-American, there there are Korean names for grandparents. You know, there are Japanese-Americans, uh, Japanese names for grandparents. So, if you go back to your roots, and especially if your parent, your grandparents are closer to that generation, yeah. you know, to come here, I think that's a nice that's way cool. to preserve it. Do we yeah. know what those are? I, I, I I've never heard Asian uh, grandparent uh, monikers. Before. I had a gum gum as dim sum. <laughs> <laughs> Really, man? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really? I just figured. I took a stab. That's all right. Yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to go to uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go to Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Good morning, guys. Hey, how are you? You guys rock. Thanks, hey! What's going on, buddy? Uh, actually, it's, it's uh, coincidental. You guys are looking for uh, Oriental names. Um, I'm a product Asians. of a divorce. Yes. An Asian, I'm sorry. Uh, my son called my in-laws Lala, which is Chinese for grandma. She's oh, not Chinese. Okay. But That's beautiful. She had gone to China uh, on a missions trip and picked that up. Mm-hmm. And uh, my father-in-law goes by G-Daddy. G-Daddy. I like that. That's cool. That's great if your grandfather's Tupac. Yeah, just, like you got to get him a big chain no, that says G-Daddy. G-Daddy on it, man. I'll have to get one made like with diamonds on it. That's awesome, I like though. That. I like I like Lala, too. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, it's very lyrical. Lala's not bad. There's Lala and Yaya. And sitting in my Yaya. Sitting in my Yaya, waiting on my Lala, right? <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> it's amazing. Someone yeah. start calling their grandmother Hala. <laughs> but you have to. Say, you got to say it like that. Yeah, do it again, Case. Hala! <laughs> yes, yeah, sweetie? Little Lickie's in trouble. Uh, in China, they say. Lickie's in trouble. Little Lickie's in trouble. Get Gum Gum on the phone. <laughs> Got his head stuck in a revolving door. <laughs> oh God! Uh, China, they say nai nai for grandmother. Uh, nai nai. In Japan, they say obachan. Obachan. In uh, Korea, they Life say. Life goes on. Obadi obachan. Obachan. And in uh, Korea, they say halmoni or halmoni. Hellman's mayonnaise. Hellman's mayonnaise. Oh. It was a cooperative Wait, with you. Yeah. There's a couple more. The Philippines uh, Filipino grandmother is Lola. 
Yes, ah. I knew Ooh, that. I like yeah. that. That's not bad, Lola. Well, that's, well the connotation now is stripper. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and then in Sri Lanka, grandmother is Ami. And in India, they say Pati or uh, Tamil. Let's get this Pati status. <laughs> Tamil Shlamazel. Yeah. Did we say Nona? The Italian? I, I haven't heard Nona. I did I see Nona, no, I think, on, on the list that was up there, Kathy. Yeah, on that's the screens, no, I think Nona was up there. Yeah, Nona's Italian. And this one sounds interesting. Let me go to M. Hey, M. good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up? Uh, my mother, when she brought me home, was in a snowstorm. Yep. My her father, being the smart individual he was, decided to call me Kilroy. Uh, Kilroy, okay. And, and... She decided to retaliate. Instead of calling him Zeta, we called him Kilroy. So why? I don't know what the hell you're talking about? You call me Kilroy? <laughs> what, what is Veda? Zeta is Pop-Pop or Grandfather in Jewish. See, okay. I, I was not familiar with that. In, yeah. in Jewish. And what is... What is, what is yeah. Jewish. Jewish. Is from the war, as in Kilroy was here? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it, does that have a Jewish derivation, Kilroy? It doesn't... No, I think it's not Irish. at all. My grandfather was a Pearl Harbor survivor. Oh, okay. All right. That's, that's a weird bunch of stuff you got going on there. Yeah. Yeah, well, all you could see was my eyes and nose when you brought me home from the hospital. Uh, there's That's the why. explanation. Uh, yeah. A little backstory. <laughs> okay, didn't, didn't make she any called sense me now. one arm. Why? Well, as it turns out, both my legs and other arm had been blown off. Right. <laughs> Oh, I, th- I thought it had something to do with the snow at the beginning of the time. Why the snow? Yeah. yeah. We were in Michigan for the Syrup Festival. <laughs> I was driving an Edsel. Let's keep context in mind here, folks. And my father was carried off by a hawk. <laughs> so they named you Kilroy. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how I ended up as Kilroy. Gum Gum knows the whole story. <laughs> Dear Lord. Anyway, uh, we, I just I knew there were some interesting terms for grandparents out there, and sure enough, we got them. Absolutely. Yes, we did. <laughs> Weird. Scary. What, what was done to that? Why does it sound like it's, that? It's the 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 machine itself will do the, get this staccato thing. I love going that on. though. <laughs> Can I slow that down? Yeah, please yeah, slow do it. Right, slow it down. I'll turn it up here. Go ahead. Oops, wait. Yeah, Should <laughs> It sounds like a Wookiee. That's horrible. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. French Creek Outfitters in Phoenixville has everything you need for the great outdoors and beyond. All the big name brands, they have them. Visit FrenchCreekOutfitters.com for additional info. French Creek Outfitters, why take a chance with anybody else? Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. Uh, There is a delicacy in China. Hard-boiled eggs that have been cooked in boys' urine. Yeah! And you can find it in the Chinese city of... Yes, I have the moons over my hammy. In the Chinese city of Dongyang. Yeah, it keeps getting better. <laughs> Dong Yang. Yeah, can I have some of those eggs cooked in boy piss? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> basins and buckets of boys' urine are collected from primary school toilets. Basins and buckets. Of boys' urine. 
Oh, my God. It is the key ingredient in what is called virgin boy eggs. Oh, man. A local tradition of soaking and cooking eggs in the urine of young boys. Oh, boy. Preferably <laughs> below the age of 10. Yeah, right on. Uh, there is no good explanation for no, there's why, every explanation. why it has to be boys' it's urine. It's a perfect way to start your day. Just that it has uh, been so for centuries. Yeah. Uh, the scent of those eggs being cooked in pots of urine. Mm, I smell pea eggs. <laughs> is unmistakable as people pass the many street vendors in Dongyang who sell it. <laughs> mm. Let me get my snorkel. <laughs> Claiming it. Hey, we're bobbing for pea eggs. It has. Re- has remarkable health pro- uh, properties. You know, there are people who swear that drinking urine is very medicinal. Yeah, yeah Miguel Cotto was doing you, it. Who did it? Miguel Cotto, um, when they were doing like the 24-7, when he was fighting really? um, uh, Mayweather, he would, his own stuff, he would mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. Uh, well, well this, this guy named uh, Gioha, who owns one of the more popular uh, virgin boy egg stalls, said, if you eat this... Uh, you will not get heat stroke. These, no. egg, these eggs cooked in urine are fragrant. Okay. You're not getting heat stroke right now. Said they are good for your health. Our family has them for every meal. And uh, Dong Yang, every family likes eating them. Over easy. It takes uh, nearly an entire day to make these unique eggs, starting off by soaking and then boiling raw eggs in a pot of urine. After that, the shells of the hard-boiled eggs are cracked, and they continue to simmer in urine for hours. Mm, 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 mm. Vendors have to keep pouring urine. <laughs> the missing is the handcuffs and Jesus juice. Into the uh, pot and controlling the fire to keep the eggs from being overheated and overcooked. Yeah. Uh, G said that he's been making the snack popular due to its fresh and salty taste mm. for more than 20 years. Good stuff. Uh, many residents, young and old, said they What do you believe- do with the poop? They b- believed in their tradition. <laughs> I don't know if that's on the menu, but... It's a side dish. Is there a suggestion box that could put something in? And the tradition passes on by their ancestors that the eggs decrease body heat, promote better blood circulation, and just generally reinvigorate the body. I, I, I think, obviously, it's a cultural thing. I yeah. think it's disgusting. Yeah. But I, I know they also, they eat the er- eggs that have been buried for a long time and that are almost petrified. Yeah, so they will do those. So. They, they do a lot of stuff with eggs. It was due to feces thrown all over the walls. Just another American breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) A man in Bahrain who had a nightmare called police to to his home for help. Did he dream that people were eating pea-soaked eggs? I I don't know the nature of his dream. According to reports, he shouted for help and then hung up. Police and an ambulance arrived at the man's home (laughs) in time for him to help them. Uh, I'm sorry, in time for uh, him to tell them about his bad dream. At the time, he said calling police was the only way that he thought he could get help. Uh, The unnamed man He called the dream police. uh, He said, I apologize for all this, uh, but it was a terrible nightmare. Colorado-based Frontier Airlines has announced that they will cease their warm cookie service and replace it with other room temperature snacks. Anything with pee? Um, <laughs> that, that would be room temperature. Listen, I don't know. It's, it's all the rage in China. I think you might look into it. Piso cookies. Virgin, B, virgin Boy Piso cookies. I almost forgot the recipe. Uh, the airline decided to cancel the baked on the, uh, baked on the plane treat because they can't justify the expanse of a service. It doesn't factor very highly into customer purchasing decisions. So bake them ahead of time. 
pop them in the microwave and pass them out. Yeah. If you can heat up a towel, you can heat up a cookie. God damn it. Uh, senior Vice Presidential Daniel Schurz said, removing the complimentary cookie is another step in our continued effort to make Frontier a substantially profitable airline. Uh, the cookies will be offered until inventory runs out. At that time, they will be placed by war- uh, they will replace the warm cookie bags by with eggs. I'm sorry, with bags of Pepperidge Farm goldfish crackers or Barnum's animal crackers. No, then they're same. done. That I would love. They warm would get cookies. my business. Yeah. They would get Steve Morrison's business. I absolutely <laughs> chocolate chip cookies. Guarantee that warm right out of the oven. Right mm-hmm. out of the oven, piping hot. All right, and then finally, uh, during a vice operation late Friday evening, a Florida detective was trolling for hookers when he pulled up to a 47-year-old suspect and asked if she wanted to ride. The woman accepted the offer, got into the un- undercover vehicle, and engaged in a conversation about sex. The cop explained that he was looking for sex and asked the woman if she wanted to help, quote, help me out with that. Uh, the woman, uh, the detective reported, replied that the pair could go and have intercourse if Quote, I bought her two double cheeseburgers off the dollar menu at McDonald's. Nice. Oh, well. I'm loving it. I'm really loving it. The cop added, I agree. I will touch that if you get me cheeseburgers. I agree. I'm loving it. The cop said, I agreed to the deal and purchased the hamburgers for $2.75. In addition to the cheese- what a savings. In addition to the cheeseburgers, a woman told the undercover that he could also give her a tip. It's, they put sugar in the French fries. <laughs> the cop handed over sixty dollars. The woman kept they put sugar in the French fries. The woman kept forty dollars. Uh, took the McDonald's grub and directed the cop to a vacant parking lot to park uh, in to complete the deal. Listen, I'm a big McDonald's fan. Mm-hmm. I might do that as well. Yeah, but you know what? He made a mistake. He ordered the double cheeseburger. If you want to order off the do- the dollar menu, you got to order in the McDouble. Mm-hmm. Son of a bitch, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yep. But that's what she asked for. Mm-hmm. I right. get a quarter pounder with no cheese, uh, nothing on it. Awesome. Mm-hmm. At this point, Christine Baker was arrested by a takedown team, booked on a misdemeanor prostitution charge, and is scheduled for a May 1st court appearance. I don't and know she... if she got to eat the burgers or not. That's what I wanted to know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. That's the real story yeah. there. The story. Did the chick get to eat the burgers? <laughs> you loving it? I'm loving it. <laughs> and that's what I have in the B file for you. What's new? Glad you asked. Rival Sons. The Revivalists. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Steve, what's going on? Although he hosts Fox's American Idol, Ryan Seacrest announcing on the Today Show that he'll be covering the Olympics in England for NBC. Seacrest dismisses those who suggest he'll be out of his element and says he's extremely excited to see the sharp stick-throwing contest and that one with the heavy ball. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rattlers! He knows. 50, he knows his stuff. <laughs> 57-year-old Barry Williams, a.k.a. Greg Brady, and his girlfriend Elizabeth Kennedy are the proud parents of a newborn baby girl. Said Williams, quote, the arrival of a child makes you realize that it's time to stop playing TV star 45 years ago. <laughs> Thank you! (laughs) And finally, Hurt Locker star Jeremy Renner says that he's absolutely not gay 
and is sick of responding to rumors that he is. Renner says the next reporter who asked a forbidden question will be thrown down on the ground and have his balls kissed. Oh, okay. What? It's Hollywood trash. It's not going to help with the rumors. <laughs> Steve, you sent me this link. I found this kind of interesting. There's parents in Brooklyn, New York, that want to ban ice cream vendors from their local park. Oh. and And not because of... Dangerous situations of kids running across yeah. the street or something like that. No, because it presents too much temptation for the children. That pisses me off. Yep. Isn't part of parenting having say, no, you can't have ice cream now? Yeah, well, the, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. part of it. Isn't that it, part of the deal? It is a pain in the ass to, to have to say no to kids because they will freak out on stuff. But uh, anytime the ice cream truck goes by, I don't care if we, you know, if you just had dessert, yeah. it's time for ice, ice cream. cream. Dude, yeah. it's I ice want cream it. time. Um, where I grew up, the ice cream man was banned from our neighborhood. And uh, Yeah, really? uh, you know what? Yeah, yeah. It was in, and I don't know if necessarily know if it was just this one person or if it was like a concerted effort. But I remember one time I was probably in and around like seventh grade, and um, uh, the ice cream man. I guess maybe it was a guy on, on you know, on a new route, new job, new day, or whatever. But he came rolling down the street, and and it was like I had never heard the sound before in my life. And we all ran out to get ice cream, and then, um, you know, my friend's mom came out and just reamed this guy a new a-hole and never came back. How, yeah. Wait, how can you ban the ice cream, man? I you don't can't. Know. Yeah, I, and I don't know why. I don't know if it was like a, you know, protecting protecting us from, you know, child predators or if they just didn't get tired of having to buy ice cream every single time the ice cream man came you down. Can't legally, you can't legally forbid a, an ice cream truck from traveling down a street. Or can you? I mean, our, our mm, neighborhood was... Listen, our, our neighborhood was super small, um, you know, so maybe because of the, you know, the, the tiny nature of, like, I mean, it was only like 15 blocks as our well, whole I neighborhood. Think, I don't know. It just seemed to me that you're, you're traveling down a public street. If you want to travel down that street, you, you know, can. That's a really good question. I don't know if you have to be licensed. I mean, there has to be some form of... Of uh, of requirement. It's a license, but you can draw it yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so it's not very strict. No. Um, but uh, it says here that they are alarmed by the high rates of obesity and diabetes among children oh, in the city. Up. Um, Fat kids are funny. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Just look at Chuck from Goonies, man. <laughs> the kid was a riot. <laughs> <laughs> One mother said, uh, along with the first truly beautiful day of the year, my son and I had our first uh, ruined day at the playground. Two different people came in to the actual playground with ice cream and Italian ice push carts. Oh, my God. It was ruined. Wasn't it just ruined after that? (laughs) And I never recovered. (laughs) I was able to avoid it for a little while, but eventually I left with a crying four-year-old. Well, give your kids some ice cream. Yeah. And and, you know what? If anything, it's kids that can burn off all those calories. Sure. They're running around on the playground. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another parent reasoned, I should not have to fight with my children every warm day on the playground just so someone can make a living. While some agreed with uh, the moms, others think they begin uh, that they are being unreasonable and just need to learn how to control and say no to their kids. I agree. I don't think that um, eating ice cream really would contribute. I mean, I'm sure that it. Uh, obviously, ice cream is not the healthiest thing that you can eat. But just eating ice cream is not going to make you diabetic or obese. It's the diet that surrounds you eating. It, it, eating nothing but. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 You know, Having it, an occasional treat when you go out to the park. Exactly. That's, that's a rite of passage. That's what kids do. Well, that's I one don't of the, get it. That's what... <laughs> ice cream! Okay. The ice cream man is coming! <laughs> the ice cream man is coming! I love No, 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 money! The ice cream man is coming! 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 The 
<laughs> do you remember when you didn't know really that much about the, the currency and you would like hold up the the, the you know the, the money and, and yeah the, sure the, oh yeah the guy would take take the money out and give that's what I do to my kids just to, just kind yeah. of see how they work I'm, like I'll give them a five dollar bill yeah and they say you know because we um like the snack stand for t ball or soccer sure, or whatever. Yeah. You know, they want a, an airhead. I'm like, here you go. And then I just watch them from like, you know, 15 yards out just to see how they, they work it. It's it's really because they have no concept. They know what money is, but they have no concept of what. Meanwhile, the vendor yeah. wants to rip your head off going, could you please come over here <laughs> right. and supervise? That's part of it, though. <laughs> That's adorable. Your child's just adorable. Lord knows I have unending time to deal with your financial situation. Let me go to Lori. Hey, Lori, good morning. Hi, how are you? Great. Um, I used to live across the street from the township manager, and he used to put his kids to bed by like 7.30. So when the ice cream man would come down, of course, they'd be crying at the bedroom window. And mm-hmm. since he was township manager, he put it through that, that the ice cream guys had to pay like a $1,000 permit for the season to what? come into our neighborhood. Oh. And a lot of the neighborhoods do that now. So for them to go into more than one neighborhood, it's it, it's not worth it to them. Yeah. Listen. Uh, you know what? They, I guess they, they require a permit in some areas. I mean, we... Oh, it's rare. We we get it like maybe twice a year. We'll, well see the ice cream man. Uh, was, was, I really had the fondest memories of after dinner. Oh yeah, the ice cream truck would come around, yeah. and you go out and get your uh, get your deal. And Mr. Softy was the one I always talked. Strawberry about. shortcake. Mm. Oh yeah, and everybody remembers the. I mean, I feel like that's a part of your childhood. You remember the ice yeah. cream man coming around. But I, my mom told us, and I, did, I was too young, I guess, to remember this. But at some, it was every day. You know, in the summertime, they come every day, and she was like, "All right, these kids are not getting it every day." So she, she would close the blinds so we couldn't see outside. When she would hear the ice cream man coming, and then put music on, and be like, "Okay, everybody, yeah. Yeah. we're gonna dance in the living room, <laughs> like oh, whatever." Yeah. Why didn't she just pepper spray you? <laughs> and then she started that once we got a little bit older. <laughs> right so when I, when I was a kid. We had the, also the snow cone man would come. Through. Really? You guys probably didn't. What do you uh, actually make it? In, whoa, whoa. Yeah, it, yeah. An Italian ice? What no, ice? That, we didn't have. We didn't have Italian ice. It was just snow cone. Right? Okay. So it's shaved ice and syrup. And syrup. Yeah. yeah. So they, they'd uh, you know scoop up the ice, put it in one of those little uh, uh, conical okay. little uh, sure. holders, and then whatever syrup you want. I always got, I hate that. I got the um, the suicide, which was everything. Okay. One squirt from every single flavor they had. That's you hate cool. those? Yeah. I liked them when I was a kid. They're gross now. I yeah, no, exactly. You yeah. know, and, and probably as a kid, I, I might have enjoyed it a little bit more, but all the juice just went to the bottom anyway, oh, yeah. so you had to like suck through a whole bunch of just ice. But when you cleaned out the little cup, you could use it as a dog condom. Yeah, I guess you're right. Perfectly shaped to their to the genitalia. Okay. I always loved the social experience of hanging outside the truck yeah. and all the other kids. What'd you yeah. get? And it was right, exactly. Yeah. What, what? Oh, you got this. I got yeah. the, the push pop. And it was you know it sort of defined who you were. Bomb pops, man. Bomb. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I tried those. every kind of bomb pop there was. I loved those. Uh, the classic was the red, white, and blue one. Yep. The meat man came to my house last year. Um, he was... You have the dude selling meat door-to-door? Yeah. Well, he's We've not... had that. I don't necessarily know if he's selling it or what, what his deal is. Giving but, it away? Yeah. Oh, I got all this extra meat in my truck. <laughs> you want to come check it out? That's the scam. Yeah. Yeah. No, there there, there was a... And occasionally, they'll do it. They'll be tied to it like a meat vendor. Yeah. And they'll have a refrigerated truck. I don't know who the hell would buy meat door to door. My neighbor would be surprised, man. My my neighbor uh, years ago, this this uh, woman had a little bit of a language problem, and the husband was away at work, and she bought like eight hundred dollars worth of meat wow. from this door to door meat vendor. Do you it was know horrible. If, was it any good? Or? It was okay, but yeah. I mean, uh, what would you think meat sold door to door would be like? Yeah. Uh, let me go to Glenn. Good morning, Glenn. Hey, how you doing? Good. What's up? 
Uh, back in the 70s, I grew up in Drexel Hill when the ice cream man came around. And one time I ran out because I really wanted some ice cream, so I grabbed some uh, change off my dad's chest of drawers, mm-hmm. went down, bought my ice cream. Then my mom came screaming up later. I, I spent my dad's uh, rare coin collection. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Glenn. Oh, yeah, my, my, my mom chased him down and got it back. Though. Okay, good. Oh, good. The next day, he's driving around selling ice cream out of a Lamborghini. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> wow. Thanks, Glenn. That would be messed up. Wow. Uh, now, these women want to ban this from this park. Let me go to, is it uh, is this Callie? Yeah, hi. Hey, what's up, Callie? Um, I actually, I live in South Jersey, and during the summers, I live down the shore. And on my, down the shore, we have like a little island. And on that specific island, it's banned. There aren't ice cream trucks allowed. And same in my neighborhood in, you know, right over the bridge in South Jersey, Cherry Hill area. Because it's, uh, they don't, they think the noise is disruptive. Man, man, I don't, I, in an active neighbor, I remember as a kid, I never particularly perceived noise. it as disruptive. It's disruptive because it's not very long. Yeah. I mean, they, they, I, they play the music and they're there for a handful of minutes and gone. They pass right through. Yeah. yeah. Sell to the yeah, kids, I, rip them off, and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> I live in Philly now, and, and I, I like you, like you, Steve. Every time I hear the truck, I'm like really amped up and yeah. feel too embarrassed to be the uh, the adult standing in a line of three year olds. Now, so. now I will go out there. I'll push those little punks right out of the way. <laughs> but down the shore, down the shore, when we're on the beach, and they they um they uh, it's not an ice cream truck; it's an ice cream bike, yeah. basically. And uh, and they'll come onto the beach, and they got the big bell, like a lunch bell, and mm-hmm. the kids just stop what they're doing. Sure. It doesn't matter what they're doing. You know what I never really dug about, speaking on this topic of ice cream and the ice cream man, is I really liked the... I forgot what, what kind of what it was called, but uh, you could get it. It was it was in a fairly large cup. It was a booze chocolate uh, kind of ice cream, and uh, but they would give you a wooden spoon to eat it with. Oh, just oh. like the the Dixie, the Dixie cup. cup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was uh, it was a little bit different. But anyway, okay. I just the wooden spoon. I, yeah. I never liked. Why, that. Preston? If it, when when it hit your teeth, it didn't feel right. It, it made your spine rattle. Mm-hmm. Now, you could Casey, taste the wood too. You in could the ice taste cream. the wood. You don't like. You don't like silverware touching right. your teeth, right? Just regular metal. Right. What about the the wood? The wood I'm fine with. Oh, okay. see, you're no. the opposite. <laughs> I'm do- right now. I have to like. Yeah, yeah, I'm like I'm rake my tongue over my teeth. I'm doing the same yeah. thing. It always felt strange. I didn't like that. I don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, let's go to Ray. <laughs> Hi, Ray. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Yeah, Ray, you're on the air. What's up, man? Gadzookies. Gadzookies. Uh, <laughs> so me. I have a, a quick story about the ice cream man in my neighborhood in Springfield, Delaware County. Okay. I'm one of five kids, and the ice cream man happened to come down our street every day when we were all trying to take a nap. So my mother decided that she'd go out and talk to him, tell him not to come by at this time, or really ever. Yeah. And if he did, he was going to have a problem. So, so she so said, sure don't enough, come by at this time or ever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. In other words, she didn't, he, she didn't want him down the street because ever. She, knew, she, she knew he would come down at the same time every day. Right. So, sure enough, the next day, he came down the street, the bells were ringing, the music was going off, we all woke up from our naps, so my mom went out in the driveway, grabbed her hose, and turned it on him. I'm sorry, that was supposed <laughs> to be this. <laughs> No, she told a joke. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the story, what yeah. did your mom do? 
she actually turned on the the garden hose and sprayed in sprayed the guy from it you know inside his his ice cream truck oh, that's not cool that's what? Assault. she should have shot him <laughs> so then she decided that she'd go even further and she actually ended up getting a township ordinance for him not to come up and down our street all right so I, I, I guess you can if you go to the town you can complain and then well, when you have someone who has a route and say if you work for mr softy Mm-hmm. And uh, I assume the routes are assigned to you. Can you request a route, or, or is it the, the or do you just deal? take the truck and you drive wherever you want? Yeah, I wasn't sure if that's. You can See, I feel a, like there's. I, I feel yeah. like in, in my neighborhood there was only one ice cream man. Like I don't think that many people had yeah. trucks. You know what I mean? Like it was just Mr. like that Softy was our guy. Was always the same guy. Yeah, he was the same dude. I think I think there are routes, Steve, but that's just guessing. And you buy guess. the route almost like uh, you know, like, like the, the one cab, yeah, like the yeah. or a lunch truck in Philly. You you know you you kind of pay a permit to have that corner. There was a text that came up. I don't have it up right now, but it said that uh, when they lived in Fishtown and they had an ice cream guy and a pizza guy that would come down Whoa. the street every day. Yeah, pizza that guy would have been awesome. That's pretty cool. Selling it by the We slice. would have we'd have the pizza well, not the pizza guy. We'd have we did have the meat guy who would occasionally drive through town, uh the ice cream guy, and then there was a guy who would drive around and sharpen blades. Yeah. Do you remember this guy? Uh, yes. Not, not it, it, this I've was his theme before. music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a guy he had a ball <laughs> gag on and a leather mask. No, he would like your it'd be more towards the spring and the summer, but he would drive around and, and he had a, a, a the ability to sharpen lawnmower blades, cutlery, and he had a truck that looked like an ice cream truck. Huh. And it <laughs> Really? It was the weirdest damn thing. Knives, all, shopping in your knives. Yeah. Knives. To, um That's bizarre. We have we have a guy out in my area in, in Skipack that uh I think it's once a month, he comes and sets up shop. It's a uh, smoked barbecue stand. Oh, oh, yeah. Pull up and... Yeah, right and, on Skip Back Pike, right? Yeah. I know that guy. He doesn't yeah, come into the good. neighborhood and does it. No, no, no. no he doesn't, he doesn't, yeah. doesn't drive around Yeah, like a lemonade stand. <laughs> yeah. No, there's one in Phoenix, Pull too. Pull Park Man's here! <laughs> no, but Pull no. Park. Pull Park. Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly. What, there's uh, The guy that sets up in Phoenixville, is, there's a, uh, a restaurant called Nudie's, and right across the street from Nudie's has uh, this guy that's there every summer, and it's an intoxicating smell. You smell oh, it yeah. all around town, and it's just delicious barbecue. And people line up and yeah. Yeah, the whole deal. We used to have soda delivery. A place called Mission Cola would deliver to the house all different types of soda. I, 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 do you remember milk, oh. a milkman delivery? We had milk delivered yeah. at our house until I was a senior in high school. Yeah, no constantly. Yeah. Wow. We had Charles Chips delivered to the house. Um, all of that stuff. It's all just going away. Yeah, gone. The milk delivery was uh, always a little bit of a risky proposition in the summer because if you didn't pick it up out of the yeah. crate you right away, <laughs> cottage cheese by the time you got yeah, home. Yeah, all right, running over to Acme and buying some. But it was Rosenberger's Dairy delivered milk to our house every Wednesday and Saturday, I think. And yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, our soda guy had a cleft palate. <laughs> really? So we would try to get, they couldn't understand the flavors he was saying. Uh, really? Preston, didn't you, yeah. didn't you call me out the other day? How did we it, end up with purple cream? <laughs> <laughs> didn't you call me out the other day because I was like, yeah, I'm at the milk store? Yeah, you, I was on the phone with Casey, and I hear him talking to, you know, somebody, a, a, a person behind a counter. I go, where are you? He goes, I'm at the milk store. What's the milk store? I go, what's the milk store? I had a feeling I knew what he was talking about, yeah. but he chose to use the words milk store. Yeah. He was at a uh, Swiss... Uh, Swiss Farms. Swiss Farms. Yeah. The drive through place. But it's not just milk. I mean, you can yeah. buy all kinds of sundries and things there. Well, yeah, up in New York, I'm at the milk store. Dairy barns, yeah. which are the, the same sort of thing where you'd, uh, you'd you know, that... It was, oh, they come right out to your car. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. You guys want to talk to a real live ice cream man? Yeah. yeah. Right, I'll wait me... for the book. No, no, that'd be great. <laughs> Anthony. Hi, Anthony. Good morning. Hi, what's up? Hey, man. So you're an ice cream man. 
I'm actually a snow cone man, kind of like you were saying earlier. Really? Yes, I am a snow cone man. Right. So do you and, uh, do you do you uh, you work through a company or are you by yourself? No, I'm actually kind of an independent snow cone okay. man. I have a Rastafari colored van and I sell Jamaican snow. Jamaican oh. snow. Yeah, you man. sell yeah. Jamaican. That's right. Where? <laughs> hey, Anthony, what? do you have, do you have a regular route that you run? Yeah, I do neighborhoods and concessions at high schools, but uh, I just wanted to call and say it is pretty hard out there for uh, ice cream men and snow cone men. I've been kicked out by plenty of parents in my neighborhood, even my own neighborhood. So, and everyone thinks I'm like, you know, a drug dealer and stuff like that. <laughs> well, the Ross, the Rasta motif doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't help, but it's a cool theme. It, yes, it is. But you can see where parents would see when you see, uh, um, you know, that that pulling through the town, you're going to think, OK, this guy's dealing. Drugs. Can you make good well, money, yeah. Anthony? Oh, yeah, I make really great money. It's awesome. But, you know, it, you got to kind of win over the parents. Yeah. To begin with. So, so that's yeah. what you said, though. You said the parents kick you out. So technically, you can still drive through the neighborhood. You just don't want to deal with the parents. Oh, yeah. I can drive through any neighborhood I want, pretty much in my area. But, you know, the parents aren't always, you know, very friendly. So, uh, and you say now more than ever, you're being closed out of uh, out of different areas? Kind of, yeah, yeah. Parents, like, you know, even little kids will tell me that their parents have told them not to buy from me. I would never... I would never have a, an adverse reaction to the ice cream man, snow cone man, whatever, coming through the neighborhood. I actually f- personally kind of, I find it fun. I go out and get some ice cream. Son yeah. of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it makes me feel like a kid. <laughs> By the way, I, I saw a text uh, uh, that came in that said um, uh, somebody who was freaking out that we mentioned the pizza man uh, in Fishtown. Where the hell? There's so many texts coming in. They said his name was Lou. Lou the pizza man. Lou the pizza man. And he would uh, serve up uh, pizza. And uh, Linguini. Uh, Italian ice and, and all that stuff. And also, I saw some of my uh, Delco brethren come into my defense about the milk store. That's just kind of what we call it. You I know? didn't know, oh, I didn't really? know that. The milk yeah. store. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's a Delco thing, I guess. I had a text message that came in. It just says, where are the sausages? <laughs> where are the sausages? <laughs> no, you know what? There... I don't think there was a sausage man. There no, were there hot was. dog vendors. Yeah. I do remember seeing an ice cream truck. There was um, like a Mako that was near my house, and uh, they had a whole bunch of like beat-up cars um, back in like the, the junked-up lot. And I remember seeing an ice cream truck with a bunch of bullet holes in it. And, uh, you know, I just, I'll just i never forget. Was that, that Mr. Bullet? No, it wasn't Mr. Bullet. No, but you, you know, talk about, you know, fun, <laughs> man, fond bad. memories of the ice cream man getting beaten up. Well, this guy probably Get got shot, shot at. Yeah. yeah. Oh, geez. I don't know. Yeah, I guess, especially that's got to be a big liability now. People a little more brazen. Yeah. yeah, you're driving around with a truck. You know there's money in it. Well, I wonder how many ice cream men carry guns. Then I think they all do. Yeah. I think they're all they're all they're all. Well, listen, that's a cash business. They're not accepting Mac cards or credit cards. True. The, uh, True. What they need to do is is uh, switch up to a like a Brinks truck. Yeah. And slide the cone out to the, the slit with the, the right, machine right. gun goes. Either that or you take an ice cream sandwich or you 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 know paint your gun to look like <laughs> an ice cream sandwich. <laughs> It's just you don't notice the handle that they're holding. Nope, nope. They're holding an ice cream sandwich. I actually shoot. How come that ice cream sandwich never melts? By the way, I still love ice cream sandwiches. Those are those are my favorite. You don't like that, Kathy? No, I've ne- I never did. I love never liked really? them. Really? Oh, man, yeah. I love them. I love chip witches. Oh, yeah. Chip witches. Waffle witch. Great. But you know what? I found out how many like calories and fat and don't all that. Don't ever do that. That was in the chip witch. Yeah. And so when you're sitting on the beach and the guy comes by, you're like, really? I'm sitting in a bathing suit. Am I going to am I gonna get that? <laughs> by the way. Uh, you can t- always purge. T- I know. I haven't had one in forever. 
What's she doing over there? Vomiting. In in the ocean. Yeah, you got the ocean. What were you gonna say? Toll house. That they have perfected the the chip witch. They've they've made it bigger. And the, the, the oh, it doesn't need oh. to be bigger. It's like yeah, yeah, double yeah, the it's, calories. It's, it's, yeah, it's manhole covers. It is so good. Well, anyway, this says group of people want the um, the ice cream vendors banned. I mean, this isn't truck or anything. These are people that are pushing a push cart, uh, a push cart, and uh, and they want them out of this park, which I think is ridiculous. Well, that the- sucks. You ruin it for everybody else because you're an a hole. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just learn how to say no. We're not going to do that. Uh, we're not going to get the uh, the ice cream to the kids, and everybody will be happy except for your kids. <laughs> I have some ice cream. I have some ice cream. I have some ice cream. The President Steve Show podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks.